and you dig it. <laughs> and welcome to the Union of the Unwanted, bro. Uh, we are live. Big things are happening. Uh, very excited to be uh, get this show going. Uh, we have big news here at the show. Uh, we are now available on Rockfin. Yeah. 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 We could use an yeah. Alex Jones soundbite on that one. Uh, yeah. We're now available on Rockfin. Sorry, I'm not ready. Uh, <laughs> anyways, very excited about that. And if you want to see me live, I will be in Houston this weekend doing the Tin Fall Hat Comedy Show. Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero, Reed Becker. And that's it. Guys, how are we? What's the word? Welcome to everybody joining us for our... Uh, Ricky, you want to introduce the topic and what we're going to do? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do... Uh, so welcome, everybody, to the Union of the Unwanted. We have a very special episode for you guys. I know we kind of got off schedule a little bit. We, we took a week off uh, because of a holiday, and now we're back on schedule, and we got a very fun topic, and I think an uh, interesting one. And uh, But also, just to let, like, like Sam said, everything's going to be in the show description, but we do have a Rockfin channel now. I think exclusively, eventually, in the very near future, possibly uh, for now on, we're going to be streaming exclusively only on Rockfin. So that way, and David, we're live just in case you're, you're curious because I know you just jumped in. Um, we're going to be on there. So make sure to subscribe to us on, on Rockfin. Obviously, you can get the, the, the stuff for free. All the content, the uh, Union Done Wanted is free. We also have a merch store and all that stuff. And all that stuff will be in the show description. So uh, please subscribe to us there. You can Our YouTube channel will still be up and active as long as they don't kick us off. So just subscribe to all the places. Matter of time. Yeah, just a matter, a matter of time. So, uh, But yeah, so we're going to do an episode on the flat earth and it's going to be a fun discussion where we bring tons of people together as usual and uh and discuss this topic and uh and see where it goes so um i don't know if there's anybody uh charlie sam mike anybody you want to start off with or any specific part of the discussion you want to start with you know i just want to start off by saying that you know i i began this journey to having a discussion about this topic uh being good friends with Eddie Bravo and Eddie Bravo kind of would come on and have a discussion with me about it. And I was very resistant to all of it. But over time, I started, let's say, being open to the possibilities. And as I go deeper into my journey, I personally, which, and this may not be popular with this panel, believe that it is whatever you want it to be. But this is the discussion on Flat Earth. And like, this is the show where we have these discussions. And I've had Almost everybody here that's on this channel on my show in some capacity. I haven't had Jackie on, but the door is going to be open for that. But we're going to uh, have these discussions. I think the the Union of the Unwanted is where we have the dangerous discussions. And that's why I love the show so much because we do have the best of the best of this, whatever topic we're talking. Today is no different. So I don't know who wants to jump in. But I think it would be fun to start hearing from everybody here who is a flat earther where your journey started and how did you, what, what was your moment where you're like, okay, this is, the, uh, there's something going on here. Oh, well, I'll start. It's nice to meet you, Sam. I watch you a lot. Uh, I've been to a couple of your comedy specials. So my it's apologies. Good <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> Fantastic time. I know Eddie well. He's been on my podcast a couple of times. Um, but one thing, I heard you say that on a recent show. And I just wanted to call, you know, ask you a question about that. When you say it's whatever we want it to be, so if I want it to be a pyramid, 
then I don't I have to at some point find an edge to where if it's a pyramid, wouldn't I be able to measure that cliff that would happen if it's a pyramid? Well, when I say it's whatever you want it to be, for me, I think if there was somebody out there who worked their asses off to find proof of a pyramid, I think in some way they could find a pyramid. Now, I know that seems like a disingenuous answer, but in my humble opinion, I think if you're talking to a flat earther versus a globe, and I have so many globe people that are just, and they go, oh, I'm a pilot on this. I just believe you could find the information you want to have the argument. And why do I say that? Because I think it allows to bring people in with a little, that might be super hesitant to the discussion. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I think we're, we're definitely a product of our upbringing uh, for sure. But I think when it comes to flat earth versus you know, globe earth, there's a reason why we were taught that flat earth was the most ridiculous opinion you could ever have. There's a reason why that name, Flat Earther, is so demonized. There's a reason why we're not brought up these things in school. It's not like a half the class goes and researches evidence for flat and half research evidence for globe. It's just glossed over, moved right past. And to me, when you look at the entire world that we're given, we're lied about everything. Right? Everything is a freaking lie. And so to then go, yeah, everything's a lie that I can go touch and verify, except for space. The one place I can't go verify, that must be real. That, that they're telling me the truth about. It should be the opposite. The one place we should call into question would be the one spot we can't go verify, would be the one thing that we can't test for ourselves. And so I guess as you're talking about my, you know, my past or how I got to this topic was just when I erased everything and saw everything as a lie and said, I just want to start from the very beginning and build my beliefs up from the ground up. And my wife had said something like, do you think the earth could be flat? And I laughed at her and said, no, you're, it's an idiotic belief. I said, planes go around it. I've flown from the United States and gone uh, west and gone to the Philippines. You've gone east and gone to Germany. I said, clearly the earth is you know, a sphere, <clears throat> even though I had said that I was going to start all my beliefs all over again. And then it wasn't until you know, a month or so after that that I saw for the first time what they call the AE map, and it hit me that a plane can fly around a flat earth. And so once I saw that, I said, okay, I want to look into this. I want to debunk it just like everybody else. You know, I want to debunk this. Can't possibly be true. And just went on a mission to try and debunk it. And everything I found seemed to tell me the opposite. So that's really what started me. And I guess the big aha moment would be, I found out a guy, his name is ZQ Pilot. He was going to be going for the world record for fastest north-south circumnavigations flying solo in a plane. And I said, all right, this would be great to watch because I want to see somebody circumnavigate north-south since billions of us have done it east-west. However, three, I think, in, in history or something have gone north-south. So I said, there's a problem there. So when I saw this guy going to do it, I said, let me just watch. He put a what they call a spider track on his plane, and you're able to go to this website and track the plane through its whole flight. So he left North Carolina, flew down to uh, Brazil, stopped in Brazil, and then the next step from there was to go across the South Pole and end up at New Zealand. So I watched him. He went to about the South Pole, and his plane turned around, and he flew back to Brazil. Landed in Brazil. Everybody was asking questions. He said, oh, the weather got really treacherous, and I had to go back to Brazil. From Brazil, he flew to New Zealand, New Zealand up to Alaska, Alaska around the North Pole, went back to North Carolina. And I just said, all right, well, I guess you know, they'll have to try it again sometime. Nope. They gave him the record for North-South Circumnavigation. That was the cue to me that I said, all right, we got a problem. I said, they just gave a record to somebody who in no way circumnavigated. He went and touched the South Pole and came back to Brazil and then flew a different direction didn't cross the South Pole, didn't go through. 
And when I saw that they gave him the record, he holds the record right now for north-south circumnavigation, flying solo in a plane. I said, you would never do that. You would never give a record to somebody who didn't actually complete a mission unless you, know, you need to have people believe in that mission or you want them to believe that the mission did take place. So that was kind of the big thing for me from there. Uh, measuring, going out and trying to do it myself. You can't find uh, curvature and the idea of space and how far we can see and how we're this spinning ball of water. And it, the whole thing now to me seems preposterous. And the only reason that I ever believed it was because I was taught it when I was six and seven and eight and the globe was in my classroom at nine and 10 and 11. And it becomes part of who you are. And I think that just like everything, right? When we, uh, everything in our life changes. Your, the home that you grew up in, your parents maybe got divorced you've gotten new girlfriends, you got married, you have children, everything changes. What school you went to, your teachers, the one thing that you can hold on to, that security blanket, is the ball earth. It's something that you can really just hold on to and people want to fight against that. And to me, that was kind of the most freeing moment of my life was dropping this irrational belief. And I do think it's irrational to uh, believe it. And it's turned people away from the idea of a creator. It's turned people into thinking that there are specks of dust and that their lives don't matter, and that they'll never be held accountable for being a shitty person. So overall, I even think one is clearly a better belief uh, going forward. If you want, if you really cared about how people treat each other, I think there's one choice that's clearer than the other. So that's mine. Anybody else who's next? Anybody? I'll jump in. Jump? I'll jump in. Jaron, you're so freaking well-spoken. Good to see you, bud. You too, Crow. Nice to see you. Um, this is what happened. Uh, David, What do you remember what year you became a flat earther, David? I think it was 2015. Okay, so here's what happened. I accidentally shot the Lunar Wave in 2012, held onto the footage for a year, posted it to YouTube in October 2013. A month later, the flat Earth just blew up in my face. At the time, I wasn't sure what to make out of it. So I did what I always do. I loaded up a camera, and I went out to the Salton Sea. And by sheer luck, the... It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. The seeing was perfect. I leveled the camera right above the water, and I could see too far. I knew it in the first few seconds I did it. And so I took some footage. We got something to eat. I came back, and I tested it again just to be sure, and I knew I could see farther than I should. Well, here's what happened. I came home with that footage, and at the time, I was so heavily under attack for the lunar wave, I deleted the footage because I didn't want the fight that I knew would ensue. Um, as time went on, I wished I hadn't deleted that footage. Um, and so I began to say, um, there's all these proofs that we can demonstrate to ourselves if you'll just take a look. The whole time stating that I'm not per se a flat earther because I like to do things the way I want to do it and I don't want to be bound by what a group has agreed is correct. Um, I never want to be bound by the rules of a group. Um, but at that point, as I look backwards, I realized all the mistakes I went. Like, I shouldn't have been so chicken shit just because I was getting my butt kicked for the lunar wave. And I should have stood up for what I knew was correct at the time. But secondarily, it made me realize that probably the lunar wave footage got so many people saying to themselves, hey, if we don't know everything we thought we did about the moon, what else don't we know about? And from there, it snowballed. But I will add, of everything I've bumped into that proves that we are, in fact, on a plane in a realm, it's undeniable, by the way. People can deny it if they like, but when they look, they'll realize the most ingenious evidences that I have ever come across um, was put forth by Samuel Robotham. 
what Robotham did is he went out and he got 25 lighthouses. And these lighthouses are reported and certified by the government, and they will not be lied about the distances because a ship at sea's life is dependent on how far it can see a lighthouse. These are numbers that will not be fudged. And he took 25 of them and he showed that we could see too far using the government numbers based on poor seeing, average seeing, and great seeing. I think there's three categories of how far you can see, but he proved it. They hire, the government hires a guy to debunk Robotham. And the guy honestly goes in, I think, thinking that Robotham's a crackpot. And he says, I'm going to debunk this dude. His math is wrong. He gets in, and the first thing he says is Robotham's math is unimpeachable. And so he goes, okay, there's something else. Well, he goes and goes, he can't find one problem. He knows the math is perfect. He knows the numbers are certified by the government for distances. You can see a lighthouse. And then what he ends up saying under the aegises of trying to debunk Robotham was clearly he cherry-picked 25 lighthouses. And there it is, the flat admission. If Robotham had one lighthouse that could be verified, the, game, the jig was up. Robotham had 25, and the best they could do was accuse Robotham of cherry picking. So there's my bit. I guess, I guess I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. Um, Sam, when you say that the worth the world can be anything you want, <laughs> um, <laughs> I am friend. Oh, I put this together. No, no, I like. No, 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 I'm, I'm with you because you know. Um, <laughs> was I listening to Owen today? Owen goes, yeah. He goes, I'm not a flat earther. He goes, I'm a realm earther because. He he know he's not sure what it is, but we know it's not a spinning ball. So I'll go with your statement if you eliminate spinning ball through an infinite space vacuum from one of those possibilities, because I don't think that's possible. You know, is it a realm where we have rings around us? Is it just, you know, ice and maybe there's other puddles out there? Um, we don't know. You know, this this old Japanese map, you know, are are these continents out there? You know, is there another sun out there? We don't know, but it's a great discussion to have. But, you know, the official story, you know, how did I become a flat earther? I looked, I tried to learn what the official story of the globe is. And the globe, you know, the official story is nothing exploded, created everything. I'll give you that one, even though I don't get it. And then all of the rocky bits turned into balls. And then all of the gases decided to turn into bigger balls that have more gravity and leaving a vacuum in between. I mean, this is insanity. People, people that say flat earthers are stupid or crazy, their model is the craziest story I've ever heard. And, and, no, and listen, he, I totally agree with you, Dave. The The yeah. Big Bang Theory is just ridiculous. Dumbest the, thing ever. Uh, heliocentric model, I believe. You know, it was it's those, uh, those pesky Jesuits again. Uh, <laughs> you know, they take plain, they put take their logo, which is a T, they put a T at the end of it, now you got planet. And I, I'm totally open-minded to that. You know, I'm totally open-minded to that. No, I got I, it. My whole thing is like when I sit down with people and they're like this, this, and this. Like, okay, that sounds pretty convincing. Then you talk to like a globe person. Then you sit down with somebody who's a, um, a flat earther. They go this, this, and this. I'm like, wow, that's pretty convincing. So at the end of the day, like I'm uh, not smart enough to do the research so my whole point is when I say it's whatever you think it is, for me, it's like I'm open-minded that it is a flat earth. I just don't have the time to sit down and actually do the research to right. sit there and go, 
yes, this is definitely what's going on. And that is my biggest problem with a lot of the people in the ball community is that they don't actually do the research and they, they can be, and they actually just regurgitate information because it is so pounded into them. So as a guy who questions everything, I have to question the ball theory. So when I say that, it's more like just opening up the gates, like it's possible that it's totally different than than what we're raised to do to, to, to no believe. i i got you a pussy like, foot way of doing it i have no problems with that but my whole thing is like with tim for and I'll, I'll shut up here i'm all about being the the kiddie pool the, the shallow end of the thing where i can get the 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 newbies the white belts to come in and, and hear a little bit of conversation and then they go to guys like you and everybody else on here once they understand what i'm saying then they go to these guys who do deeper dives like ricky and and charlie and mike that do deeper dives on their certain subjects that they like that's that's my whole thing how do i get people into the shallow end of the pool the thing is you know, I, I went in kicking and screaming like most people. I didn't want to look at anything. People were sending me flutter stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to look at that. You're an idiot. Ban from ban them from my social media. Then, you know, I was forced to look and I looked. I said, OK, this we can see too far thing. And I said, OK, what's the curvature formula at 10 miles is 66 feet. If you ever if you're, you know, from that, that's that's the curvature There's 66 feet of curvature. So I was like, OK, what else are they saying? Well, there's some gl Globers are saying, well, no, because the object is over the top and then you're over the top. So it's only half of that. Well, that's completely wrong, but I'll give it to him anyway, because the, the ball is so stupid. So at 10 miles, it should be 33 feet of curvature. I went out and bought a P90, you know, P900 camera, like literally the day it became available. And I went down to the beach. I have a buoy that's 11 miles off the, off the coast. I rounded down, giving the ball another huge advantage. Not only could I see it, I could see the surface of the water for miles beyond it, which I didn't even realize was a thing until the black swan proof came out. And so we can see too far. And just today, and I'll finish up, um, I got an email from somebody. Hey, what's the best magnification zoom lens to see uh, Jupiter, the light that we call Jupiter, or, you know, or distances? And I'm like, just your eyes. I, the other night I went out fishing early in the morning. I saw Jupiter and the luminaries that are around it with my naked eyes. When I look across Long Island Sound, which is over five miles away, I can see those shoreline, the water. You know, I can see the beach. And there should be, there should be uh, I don't know how many feet of curvature. Like, I don't know, whatever it is. It's uh, not quite half a ten. You said 33, so it's in the neighborhood of half. Yeah, yeah. So somewhere around there. So, you know, it, it's <laughs> there's so much proof. What is this place? I'm not, I don't know. Is it a ball? Absolutely not. Is it flat? Yes, large bodies of water at rest, lay flat, period. You know, a globe will say, well, look, I just poured water on this orange. And even though the water pulled off, there's a little skin of water clinging to the orange. And they say, and if you expand that to the size of the earth, it's the depth of an ocean. That's nonsense, okay? <laughs> large bodies of water at rest, lay flat, and do not bend, period. So there you go. Respect. That's why I agree. So uh, let's get into Jackie, the queen of flat earth. How did you get into flat earth? I'm actually not a flat earther at all. Oh, you just uh, destroyed everybody's hopes and dreams right here. <laughs> I, but I just don't know what it is. And like you said, I don't have the time to research to know for sure what anything is. And every time, I mean, I had David on my podcast and he had me convinced through proofs like, I don't know what anything is. You know, I grew up obviously like everybody else thinking it's a ball, 
but I've never done research to that. So being somebody who has to question everything, I don't know any of those to be facts. And then he's coming in and destroying everything I ever knew about what we lived on. And now I'm kind of stuck being like somebody who really isn't sure what we live on. But I also am somebody who knows that pretty much everything we're told is a lie. So I like being on things like this and being able to learn from people that are much smarter than me on topics that I don't have enough knowledge on. I, re- I respect I- that, but gun to your head, three seconds. Is it a globe or flat? Three, two, one, you're dead. It's an illusion. Thank you. I want to give, give Sam and um, Jackie a suggestion. This is another thing that I did because when I saw too far, it shook me to the core. Within a year, I'd shot a lunar wave. All hell had broke loose, and I realized that everything was a lie. And and that footage that I threw away had forced me to do it. Go outside someday when you're alone. Clear your mind. Breathe in a couple times. Close your eyes and imagine that everything you've ever been told about this place is true. Imagine how fast you're spinning. Imagine where you're standing on the globe as it spins. Imagine that the globe is spinning around the sun. Imagine that the sun is spinning around the galaxy and that that galaxy is yet spinning around something bigger. And do that. Then stop, go in, drink a coffee, do whatever. Come back outside after about 15 minutes. Clear your head. Breathe in, breathe out. And imagine with your eyes closed, I am on a stationary plane. This place is rock solid. Just do those two things and your intuition will guide you. And when you do that, you're, you, you feel this lifting of energy. I, everyone yep. that does it says the same thing. They feel, you know, just lifted. It's amazing. I never I went the, back from there. But. I have the, the, the typical question. And, and David and Jaron and I have had a great conversation before that I heard was award-winning at the, at the conference. But, um, you know, just Why? You know, why, why I, I don't believe these bastards either. I mean, I told you guys I was halfway there with the fact that I don't trust anything NASA says or the media or the government. But, but why the whole production to keep this going? What difference does it make? What, it, what sort of advantage is it giving these people to know this information and to not have us uh, know it? I mean, is there something that Control. I'm... Control. Yeah, exactly. Let me have it. Let me have it. Let oh, me ask hey, you. Charlie, what is the one thing in this world you can control? What's the one thing I can control? I don't yes. know. Can you control your neighbor? No, nope. can you, I can, can only you control tr- myself. There you go. I can barely so you do can, that. So you can control one thing, what <laughs> you, you think and do. When someone else takes over what you think, you just lost control of the one thing you had control of. Yeah. That's total control of a, of a human life. And Charlie, think about, you know, the, let's say there's a battle between science and religion, even though I think a lot of that is uh, not necessarily the way that it's taught, but if there is that battle and at some point science made a catastrophic error of pushing one model over the other and they realized they were wrong, do you really think that they would come out and say, oops, we were wrong? The earth is not what, no, never. So that alone to me is enough reason that they would have to protect it because they can't admit that they were wrong about something. They can kind of slowly sometimes, but not when you're talking about something as big as this. Um, and a lot of these guys, you can go back and read any of the literature from Stephen Hawking to Sagan. All these guys have a, a preconceived belief that we cannot be important, that we cannot be central. And you can go back and look at Edwin Hubble. 
when he came up with this whole idea of the you know redshifting galaxies and that they're moving away and we must be expanding, that he said that the observation, so every observation made from Earth tells us that we're the center. There's no observation that does not say that. And they don't like that. And so they have decided to come up with ideas and ways of describing the what they see that doesn't include us being in the center. And the one that worked was this idea that, well, maybe we're on a balloon. And if you put a bunch of dots on a balloon and you blow up the balloon, all the dots will get further away from each other. Therefore, that makes more sense to them than us being the center. Whereas the observations tell you quite simply, you are the center of the universe. Everything moves uh, around you. They didn't like that. And they say it's for, for modest modesty reasons because they want to be modest that they, well, really the truth is that there's people in the science world that don't want there ever to be anything more intelligent than them. And so they don't like the idea of a creator. They don't like the idea of being watched or being put here as some sort of what they consider an experiment. So to me, that's why they've, they have to protect this, number one, for their worldview, because really it comes down to worldview. Do you believe that Neil deGrasse is the most intelligent person ever and that he can rewind the sky clock and the earth is 4.54 billion years old and we're able in this 50-year period of time that we all exist to be able to determine the age of the earth by dating rocks? The, the ideas behind that are preposterous, but what they do is they really give power to these guys telling you that they know that that thing is true. Because a lot of people do what Sam does, right? Say, you know what? I'm not smart enough. And that's the way I was too. When somebody tells me the earth is 4.54 billion years old, I'm like, you know what? I'm not smart enough to figure that out. So I'll believe it. Uh, It wasn't until I started to really look into it and really look into evolution and see that these things are no more a religion than, or no less of a religion than actual religious beliefs. They are preconceived dogmas and that all of the evidence has to be shifted through that belief system. We see it in religion. Same thing, right? Anything that comes up with religion, a Christian can spin that and make it say, no, no, it's this reason. It's this religious has this religious connotation. Science does the same thing. Any observation they see, they're able to just fit it into their foundations. And if the foundations are wrong, if what you believe from the start is wrong, then everything you build on that is most likely uh, incorrect as well. So just an idea there. So like that. typically, it, right? Okay. Typically, you you get people saying like, "Okay, I believe the Earth is round." Convince me. What's the best evidence that it's flat? Right? Like, let's go in reverse. So, if somebody, good luck. <laughs> if if has there has there been a counter argument to to your philosophy that makes sense? That you're like, you know what? That actually is a good argument. That makes sense. Nothing, because I mean, I'm sure you guys have entertained like just about every question. No, there's stuff that works with both. That's as far as it gets with me. There's only things that work with both sides of the fence there. But in terms of things that are just, you know, flat, it's they don't share traits there. It's it's either one or the other. Like meaning, like you know, the stars can do this exact path, and it's they reversed everything. That's the thing. They, they knew the truth of the cosmology beforehand. It wasn't like they were winging it when they came up with this shit. Like, there it is. They, so let me ask you They already knew the truth. Work. They just, like they do with everything else, they say, let's reverse it. Let's, I don't know how the reversal started. It could have been as simple uh, back then. It could have been as simple as some evil people that just wanted to open the book of whatever fucking book was printed then. I'm sure this, the, the game of telephone, we've had 12 Bibles since then. But whatever book they opened then... They said, look at Genesis, look at everything they're saying. Let's reverse it completely and teach that and go from there. I'm sure they were getting lynched along the way, but for some reason it's stuck. I don't know. That's just the way it is. This shit was made up, man. How did you get into flat earth? 
Oh man. Well, you know, on a personal level, uh, 2014, my mom passed from cancer. It was the first death in my life in, in the sense of experiment, you know, experiencing funerals and all that. I was already 30 years old. So I was like, uh, cancer of all things. And that's the last thing I thought she would have ever gotten. Um, you think someone's healthy until they die of cancer. So uh, long story short, I just wanted to figure out what what kind of cancer this was and, and what caused it. And, um, you know, further research was her dairy intake. So um, got that uh, verified by a few people that were working with her. So um, uh, that led me to figuring out the truth about dairy and how bad it is for us, yada, yada, yada. Uh, related videos. Remember those days? Um, so then it was just, a, you know, it was as simple as just fucking. I was already about, you know, I already knew about 9-11, all the typical shit. I mean, you know, um, it was just a matter of time before that. That it was Eric Dubay's, uh, which one was it? 200, 200 proofs the earth's not a globe, right? So, um, I'm sitting here, uh, just kind of laughing at the title and not even laughing, but kind of looking at it like, oh, what's next? Like, golly, man, I'm like, okay, I got to give it a try here. I, I, I didn't, you know, you're not going to get the typical story for me where I, I grew up and I had NASA posters and I, it was hard. No, this shit wasn't hard at all. <laughs> I was already trying to, um, uh, enhance my knowledge on anything possible um, from what we eat to the water we drink to everything else uh, in between. So, um, you know, it wasn't that hard. I mean, I think it was like four proofs in and I couldn't sleep. I, I knew that that was going to be a night for me. I wasn't sleeping. Um, and quickly I, I found, thank God for me. And in, in the sense of just because uh, I kept watching Eric stuff and I, it was blowing my mind. And I'm like, there's got to be someone else out there. There's got to be someone else doing this and type it in. And it's like, whoa, because I didn't know what to type in. I'm like, what do I type in? I guess the same word, right? Flat Earth. And um, at the time, it was just like just hundreds and hundreds of pages um, of good stuff right away. And I went right to ODD TV right away. And, you know, you know, I grew up a hip hop head, so it was easy to relate to someone in that sense. Um, and you know, it just went from there. I was already, I was doing sports stuff, man. I was working for a, you know, like a low budget sports company, going to do highlight videos for them in the NFL and yada, yada, yada. And I just, um, in the process of doing that career, I, uh, I just, I put it on hold. I, I wiped my entire YouTube clean. I had a lot of sports videos for a long time and I got a lot of views and um, just, you know, I guess you'd call it building my portfolio at the time. And um, I just trashed it all. I, I, you know, from Eric to ODD and everybody in between at that exact time, it was just, I gathered the information. Um, I wanted to make sure everything I put in that first doc I threw out there was pretty legitimate enough to, um, you know, have an impact because I, I, felt, I felt as if the way I can do videos, if I can do something with the truth, um, and that just set the tone. I mean, once I did the, the first flat earth, when I was doing nine 11 ones, I was doing everything. So, um, I just wanted to set the tone for, in my humble opinion, not that all the flat earth material used to be boring back in the day. I'm not saying that I'm just saying I wanted something where, um, if someone hits play, they're not bored. 
And that's the problem with society is they, in my opinion, it's like, I'll send them these videos from the past. And they're just like, dude, that was a yawner. And and it's like, I don't know what it is with people. I don't know if it's the sleeping lions that just need to be entertained. Um, I don't see how you can, I never thought you can entertain someone with truth, but I'll try. I'll try at least, you know, that's all I can do is try to do that. Um, But for me, it was quick, man. It was real quick. Um, I was already on my journey and just, I'm still on the journey. This journey doesn't end. Um, it's not something that stops it. None of us know the truth about everything, not even in this awakening um, with the earth. I mean, there, there's still so much out there that we don't know. And um, the fucked up part is half of us can't, ver- all of us can't verify it, meaning half, half of the things we just can't verify. So it's speculation, unfortunately, but you know, when you cross reference and you've been doing this long enough, speculation can become pretty certain. That's all. Sean, let me just jump in real quick. You say we can't verify stuff. I I agree. There's a lot we can't verify, but I always say there's three baskets. Works on a flat earth, works on a flat earth and a ball earth, like east-west circumnavigation or something like that, and then works only on a globe earth. And in all of these years, I have not found a single thing that goes into that third basket. And that's what I'm like for Charlie and, and even Sam and Jackie too. what throw something in that globe only basket for the love of God. Like, what do you have? Throw something at us that we'd be like, oh, that, that wouldn't work. On, two on Bitcoins for whoever, whoever can do that. First thing in that basket gets two Bitcoins. No, well, David, I, I'm shit. curious. We've talked before about the um, you mentioned airplanes. You know, there's this the, one of the things that I thought was interesting was the list of all the airplanes that were forced to ground themselves in the mid air, and they went to these unusual, seemingly out of the way uh, airports to emergency land, which made no sense on a ball Earth, but made perfect sense on a flat earth. Do you have any examples of those? Obviously, I know you've got a killer presentation. Yeah, he, on here's, here's one right here. This is from uh, Taiwan to LA. Hawaii's right here. Um, I forget what the emergency was, some medical emergency. And they could have landed in LA or they could have kept going, but instead they went all the way up to Alaska. And if you look at that on a flat earth map, Taiwan, emergency, Alaska. Hawaii's all the way out here. Um, uh, Flat Earth Banjo Japan USA, whatever his channel name is, <laughs> I can never memorize it. Worse than the name of my app. Um, he's he's documented over sixteen of these um, called sixteen emergency landings that prove flat Earth, uh, and absolutely they make zero sense whatsoever on the globe, and they make perfect sense on a flat Earth. Here is um, this is what the airlines say they're doing from Perth to Santiago, Perth Australia to Santiago. This is the shortest route on a ball, but you can't go here. You know why, Jaron? You know why, right? Because we don't want to disturb the penguins by flying an airplane over. You got to protect those penguins. These are the routes that they go. They go from here to, uh, it's hard for me to see if it's uh, California, the West Coast, over to Sydney and across, or they go here to Europe, Singapore, and across. This, This is insane on a globe, but these are the routes that they take. And then we, um, you know, back, uh, back in 2014, early on, um, we, we, we thought there was no direct flights from Santiago, but they, they started flights back then from Santiago to Australia. And we were like really curious about it. And Max Egan, who hated Flat Earth at the time, he said, hey, I'm taking that flight. Why don't you track me? And we're like, okay. 
So we did a live stream where he was at the airport. He jumped on the live stream. He showed himself getting on the airplane, proved where he was, you know, kept it going until the plane took off. And then when he landed, he turned it on an airplane and we live streamed the whole time through tracking him. And he took some compass readings on the, on the flight and the compass readings uh, didn't make a lot of sense because he thought he would be going um, more south, but his plane went and we lined up his compass readings. The green ones are uh, northwest. The west is right, that purple one in the middle he went over, and then it's south, southwest. And, you know, and these are the lot. We took his compass readings and laid them out, and it works perfectly again on a flat earth. Everything works on a flat earth, nothing works on a ball earth. It's insane. So, have there been any pilots that have come forward and like, yeah. Said like, hey, we fly flat. We do not fly around. Go watch a ball. level. <laughs> yeah, the whole a whole bunch have, and uh, um, I got the Jaren, most I could find. And Jaren, threw uh, in there, on but his if more, show, let me know. Yeah, Jaren. They interviewed. Uh, it was a KLM pilot, right, Jaren? Yeah. And uh, the next day, she was grounded and fired. Right. And sent Make- for psychiatric evaluation. Yeah, uh, because you're not. And she even said, "Hey, we, you know, this is something that's talked about in lounges, but we don't talk about it." outside of that but she had started bringing it up in the cockpit to some pilots and they acted like they were okay with the conversation but then days later obviously one of them ratted ratted her out you know recently i don't know if you saw there's this guy and i can't think of his youtube channel name i'll find him in a second his name is kelsey he has a pretty big audience he uh did a video that got a you know million views or something where he basically says hey i'm a pilot and flat earthers want to do this they want to uh prove that it's flat or not he goes okay i'm a pilot Go ahead and charter one of my planes from my company, and I'll be the pilot, and we'll fly from, uh, I forgot where he said, Buenos Aires to Melbourne or something. And so, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, ah, this guy might be a shill. And I said, you know what? I don't even care. I said, I want to put a fire under people's feet. Like, if we can do that flight that he's claiming, I want to be it. I'll, I'll be a part of it. I'll promote it. I'll get donations. I'll be on the flight with him. I want to do it. So I made a video where I basically told people, you know, let's get behind this. Let's go ahead and do it. Now, we all agreed that there was a better flight to take. And he actually said his exact words were, take any flight. You know, I'll, So we came up with one from Buenos Aires to Perth, which goes directly over the South Pole. And they claim it would take about you know, anyway, 13 hours. And no matter how I draw it up on the flat earth, I get more than 22. So I'm like, okay, great. Go t- I want to do that flight with you if you can get me from there to there. So I made this video. I reached out to him. And then he just started saying, oh, dude, I'm just, I'm just some YouTuber. I'm just some I'm like, no, no, no. You made a video, got a million views. I'm coming to you. I'm saying we're ready to do it. Get me the price of the flight that I'm telling you. You can fly it. And he's like, oh, I'm, I was like, what's your company name? I don't really want to tell you that. Just go. So all of a sudden, he's now he's backing away from his whole. And so I just see nothing but this all the time. None of these guys will put their money where their mouth is. I'm like, ready to go. Let's do it. Let's go prove it. And these guys never want to do it. They always just puss out. Oh, I'm just a YouTuber and a pilot. I'm just, well, then don't go making claims like we can use you. You'll fly, use your company, and then just back away with your tail between your legs. Talk about the software that trained him, Jaron. Talk about the software that trained him. We've all seen the patent. I know you know what I'm talking about. Tell him about it. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate insult. Yeah, go ahead. You can go on that one. So basically, early on, when people didn't want to believe that you could see too far and all these things that proved one thing beyond the shadow of doubt. The model we've been given is provably a lie. That much cannot be argued. There's a lot of things that can be. But people started looking up patents thinking that, hey, man, it's like the Robotham idea. These are documented things. Turns out that the software that trains pilots right in the patent says that it's designed 
um, on a flat earth because that's the best way to simulate a globe. So all the FAA pilot training software is admittedly and pat patented uh, designed on a flat earth. I, uh, I think it's interesting. The question you get when every, no matter what the conspiracy is, no matter what is 9-11, flat earth, the, the, the question is always, is everybody in on it? How right. does everybody keep quiet? Who's everybody I, to you, Sam? Who's everybody? Well, I mean, every, I, I don't believe that. I think 9-11 was completely and utterly an inside job and it was, and, and that people at the highest government know about, not everybody hears about it. But the question is, how is I can everybody that. that is in a position to debunk or, or making money off of this globe idea, how, how come they're all quiet? And to me, I think it goes to education, right? What, what, you, what education is capable of doing or indoctrination is capable of is getting people very much to believe in their own intelligence. I read this book, right? Neil deGrasse Tyson, who has a PhD in astrophysics, is hilarious to me in the fact that he's never been to space, right? It'd be like us giving an MD to somebody who's never touched a human. It's just he basically <laughs> reads out of a book and says, I can answer these questions and I can get A's on my tests and therefore I get my PhD. And so education, I think, is the the problem there because all the scientists have been trained a certain way. So they're not going to even question. I remember Joe Rogan asked uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson if he knew about the curvature formula. And he said, what do you mean, the gravity drop? And he's like, no, the curve. So, and it kind of told me that even Neil deGrasse Tyson has never even considered the uh, actual, you know, the formula for figuring out the drop at a certain distance. Why? It's because those guys are pushed right past that into this whole land of Narnia where they believe in fantasy distances and I'll give you an example. So I was in a debate with this guy, Red's Rhetoric, this over-the-top globe believer, and he's going on and on about how smart science is. And, everything. and I just told him, I said, well, you know, you guys can't even figure out the distance to the sun. And he goes, oh, oh, you're such an idiot. Of course we can figure out the distance to the sun. I said, how? And he says, trigonometry. I'm like, okay, time out. I said, then the sun and the moon are the same distance. And he says, no, how would you? And I said, look it, the sun and the moon are the same size in the sky to us, correct? They appear as the same size. They have the same angular size. So if you're going to use trigonometry to figure out the distances of those items, then the sun and the moon are the same distance and the same size. The difference is, is that they're taught that the sun is a certain size. They're taught that the moon is a certain size. Now, if you have those beliefs and then you think, oh, look, I can go out and use my little mathematics to figure this out. Well, yeah, but you are already assuming parts of that equation that we are now taking back and saying, let's look at how you came up with those assumptions. Let's look at where you came up with. Do you know how they came up with the size of Venus? They looked in the sky and said, let's pretend that's the same size as Earth. That's admitted. Well, they got pretty lucky then huh? because now today, go look at the size of Venus and it's the same size of Earth. That's the only way that they were ever able to come up with any of these distances. The size of the sun is to make total assumptions and then let their math work it out and be like, oh, we got it right. But people like Newton said, doesn't matter to him how far the sun is, 3 million, 15 million, 45 million, or 100 million that any of them will, they'll be able to work with. Because when you're doing mathematics on paper, uh, look into scaling and variance, scale and variance. It doesn't matter if the sun was half the distance and half the size, looks identical in the sky. If the sun is a quarter distance, quarter size, tenth distance, tenth size, looks identical to us. So they make you think that they figured these things out. And to me, I've never seen any evidence that they've figured out any of those things. They don't know the distance to the sun you or the size. you believe in other planets? Not like they teach us. You mean, no. They're not, again, it comes down to we could reduce everything a tenth of the size and a tenth of the distance and come up with the same observations from Earth. Wouldn't be any different. So do I believe that there's a 
gas planet of Jupiter? No, absolutely not. It doesn't even it doesn't even ring. You know, think of what happens when we take gas into a vacuum. You release gas and it goes in every different direction. It fills the space. So now I'm supposed to believe that sometimes gas decides to declare itself as gravity and pull all the gravity, pull all the gases towards it, which has never been shown. Uh, that's ridiculous. So it's the same thing as the Big Bang. You just hear about the Big Bang and then you go look at what a black hole is. A black hole is kind of this hugely dense thing that they say pulls everything into it. Not even light can escape, right? Well, now they claim that everything that is in the universe today was the size of a peach at the Big Bang. Well, if it was the size of a peach, then it was essentially a black hole. Nothing could ever escape it. Therefore, their entire Big Bang couldn't even possibly happen. So everything that they give us is basically like a religious story to me. And yes, just like religious people believe in their religious stories, and they believe that Jonah was inside of a whale for three days, and they will argue with you about that. They'll say that that is a true statement. And that's up to each person to determine if that's true or not. But at least they admit that it's a story out of a book, whereas the ideas of the Big Bang, they want to try and convince people that those things are facts, that those things are provable, that those things are evidence-based when they're not. They're just another story told by a Jesuit. Hey, Crow, I have a question for you. You stared at the moon for more hours <laughs> than all of us combined. Um, did you, Was that like where you first started to question things? I mean, in terms of of the distance between uh, the earth and the moon, did you start to have questions about that or how far we can no, see? When, when that, heard, was that like the first thing that kind of led you down this path? When I first started, I was still wrangling aliens. Um, and that was before the just overwhelming moment of seeing too far. Everything I already knew never went away after that. And the meditation I told you guys to do when I did that, there's no going back from there. At that moment, it doesn't matter what the world tries to tell you because you've had a realization. And the problem with the realization is you can't tell the person next to you about it. But what happened then was when you get in front of that scope to do a nice eight, 10 hour session, you're not looking at what NASA told you were looking at. You're looking at what you're looking at and you're saying, what is it? How does any of this work? You're starting from zero. Um, and I noticed David, he's putting things, defocus stars up that give you the exact cymatic patterns of something underwater. And to, to further what Jaron was just saying, a statistician was asked, asked to calculate, how can it be that we're told the sun is 400 times more distant and four time, 400 times larger than the moon? How could it be that uh, chance put them to look exactly the same size? You know, when there's eclipse. By the way, the moon plays no role in eclipse, but they still claim that too. And the statistician said it is statistically impossible for that to have randomly occurred. Um, so they violate their own rules. But to get back to the point is when you zero out, when you hit zero, when you find despair because the world you thought you knew doesn't exist, you have to do something. You can crawl into a bottle. You can do drugs. You can go do something else to try to deal with what's happened. And if you go I take back, off my there you go. That's a way. Um, but the point I would say is when you focus back and realize you can't leave, you're stuck with this. And then you start to come to terms. What you do is you do exactly what Jaron said. One and one is no longer two. They told me it was two my whole life and they lied to me about everything. So I'm going to go back and look at it. Okay, I got two fingers. I see that it's two, but I also realized something new just now. It's also 11. Oh my God, 11 is two. And then you start to blow up to a whole new 
level of perception and intuition plays into it that's problematic i cannot share my intuition with anyone in this panel in any meaningful way but to me it has value if that answers your question and i'll bring up one thing because i have a unique position being that i went to a, a jesuit high school uh, <gasps> i know i know i know it's chill right um but i was very Under disillusioned bro. with school i got i hated school and i was more interested in drugs and girls obviously than anything to do with education who is it <laughs> but mostly the reason for that was because of the way that they taught, right? So it's a Jesuit school. I get there. I was raised religious. And here's this school that in one class, you're learning religious studies. And then immediately the next class, you're learning about the Big Bang and science. And during that time, I got very confused and just got pissed off and didn't like being taught by Jesuits and went my own way. Looking back now, I do see it's exactly what you said earlier. It's about a belief system. They don't care which belief system I'm in. They don't care if I'm locked into the religious belief system or the science belief system, because I'm controllable in any of those positions. And I've noticed by being at YouTube, and I give Crow a lot of credit. I reached out to Crow 2015 when I was first into this and said, hey, you want to do a show together? Can I have you on? And he even flat out, he told me straight up, like, I don't want to be involved in anything that's going to sway me in one direction or another. I want to be in the middle. It's where I can be the most uh, attentive to both sides of the story. And that was huge in my evolution because I kind of said, Okay, I get that. And I've noticed that. I try and stay in the middle a lot because I think it's the only place that's honest for me to be. And I don't want to get locked into a certain belief system and then be, be about ego. And that's what I see from everyone. everyone. And then I started, when I look back at my Jesuit training, if you want to call it that, I said, oh, I see what they were doing. They just want you in a belief system. Because if you're in a belief system, you no longer think rationally. You no longer uh, even consider evidence or points. You just simply repeat your indoctrination and fight on behalf of that side, right? And when you do that, you're just fighting on behalf of those who are in control. And I've noticed that on YouTube, that I'm hated from both sides because either people want me to be very religious or very scientific, right? So when you're in the middle, you're like, no, I see problems with this and I see problems with that. Well, then you get hate from both sides. It's absolutely the scariest place to be. But as a person, when you've accepted that, it's the best place to be. I, I call don't that Wednesdays. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Hump day, right? Um, it's just the, it's the best way. It's the best place to be. All of a sudden, you're not controlled by these guys just because. Because think about it. If you're a science backer, then you're the kind that sees these masks, and you can't go against the masks because that's going against science. And you're told by the TV that if you're against masks, you're against science. And so, if you are a scientific person then you have no choice but to go along with that whole agenda and believe in vaccines. You can't be a scientific person and say, ah, but vaccines, that's one thing I don't believe. No, how dare you? That's, that's the same thing as being as, her as heresy in religion, right? You can't go against the, dog the dogma, the doctrine. That's what we get from all these different positions. And that's why they do what they do, is they know that you're locked in. So now when the masks come back again, let's say with COVID-21 coming around the corner, when the mask comes back, you can't be somebody who formerly believed in masks and now say, but this time I don't. No, you are, you've already taken your position. You're already in a belief system. They already control you. You have to go along with the, with the whole story now. You have to go along with that mainstream. Look at sports, NBA, MLB. All these sports have taken a dive. And the reason why is because you have to be in a certain mindset. If you want to play for the NBA, you better be woke. You better believe Black Lives Matter and put it on your jersey. And you no longer have an option to have your own opinion anymore. It's simply go by the belief system we've dictated for you or go against it. And now they're demonizing anybody who goes against that particular belief system and say, oh, you're a Trumper. If you don't believe in vaccines, you were part of the insurrection. You believe in Q. And this is their new methodology to I weed out. I had that happen those. to me. 
Yeah, I don't. I was accused I don't because I have vaccines. You're a Trumper, dude. That's yep. why you Trump and Trumper. Dude, you're was, probably at the, the Capitol. You're on supporter because I didn't because I I think that the vaccines that they're pushing through are super dangerous. And so they I was like, are. well, that's an interesting connection to make considering I've done hundreds of episodes and I've never once supported Q, but that's, that's interesting. But, but it just goes to show you're right. It's, it's trying to tie this to some sort of belief system. And if you're in this system, then you, you, you have to believe these things and you can't, and we've seen what's happened lately. Like the, the, the hardcore left is just completely intolerant of anybody that thinks anything other than what they think. And so it's, it's kind of a nice reminder of how, we're talking about flat earth. We're talking about belief systems and it, it, but now when you, you look at it through the lens of what we've just seen in the last year with belief systems about masks and vaccines and all that stuff, it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. You can really easily get blinded by falling into one of these belief systems and just locking in. And so I, I think it's, you know, I think that there's, there are a lot of people who have questions about flat earth and, and I think a lot of people goof on it, but it is yet an, another example of a, of a belief system that we've been taught and we can, you know, and I'm pretty vocal about pointing out how ridiculous the COVID belief system is. But if I'm being objective and honest, then I have to sort of hold myself to the same standards when it comes to examining everything. And that might even include the shape of the planet that we are on. So it is plain. It's just, it's just a, (laughs) you know, if nothing else, I think it's kind of good for just an intellectual journey to like, what if, you know, like get high and say, what if it's all flat, man? What if, yeah, what's what, wrong with that? Right? What a trip, you know, whatever it takes, but just to kind of come at it and think about it. Like, let's just pretend that it is true. Whoa, what a mind fuck, you know? And then you see the UN flag and it's a flat earth and you go, Oh, it was in our face the whole time. And then you feel stupid. Like it, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating thought experiment if nothing else. But I think you guys make really good points. And I, I often have tough times, you know, pushing back against this stuff. One thing I did acknowledge and, and notice during my um, stint on your show was that I am severely deficient in geometry, you know, and I think that it would be helpful if I was a little bit better on the geometry because that factors into trying to figure out the math behind all this. But aside from that, man, I think I have, I feel like you guys have always made really good points and you come at this from a very logical Wait, and reasonable. Charlie, you're like, oh, it just sounds hey, interesting. Hey, Charlie, you didn't do any math to accept the globe. What, what was it that, how right. come you accept the globe? What was yeah, that process? I, no, exactly. What was I, the math? I, I can't give you the math for, because people I, gave I, me I candy. Can, I can give you that. I can give you the math. It was in the form of a movie theater where Universal, the plane was flying around. It was in form of every movie you've ever seen. It was in the form of Bugs Bunny when he fought with Christopher Columbus on whether it was round like a tomato or flat like a pizza. Hey, can I ask you guys a question it's now? A flat uh, like a pizza. <laughs> um, so we're going to go with the assumption that you guys, what you guys believe is true. What do we live on? What is we our know. universe? Sam, we know it's true, but go ahead. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay. So it's true what you guys believe. Um, what, what do we live on? Well, I think what you said earlier is exactly right when you called yourself a realm earther is I think if you erase everything that you were ever taught and everything you, you, you were told to believe and we're here at a magical place. And if it's all that there is, which is kind of my belief that it's all that there is, if somebody says, what's 50 million miles that way, to me, that's a ridiculous even idea, because I think we've been put here for a reason. 
And it's a testing ground, if you will, a plane of existence. There's much, many more, I assume, after this, maybe before this. And uh, so exactly where we live, I don't know. But they've given you this whole physicality where the first thing they want to show when you believe in the flat Earth is they want to put the flat Earth in space. They want to put stars around it. And they want to show you the other planets away from the big sun. And, they, and then they just laugh at flat Earth. Well, none of us believe that. Not one person in flat Earth believes that there is a turn up upside down in space or that we're flying through space. And then you have people like the Flat Earth Society who are total controlled opposition. It's the first thing that comes up when you search flat Earth. And when you do and go there, it says preposterous things like the Earth is flying upwards in space at 9.8 meters per second squared. But that's put there for a reason, because I don't know one flat earther, and I know many, that have ever said to me, oh, I do believe that the Earth is flying upwards at 9.8 meters per second squared. So th- this is what happens, is it, you know, so where do we live? Um, I don't know if that's terribly important. I think there's enough signs of the creator that have been stolen from us. The sun and the moon are beautiful signs of a perfect working clock above your head. They keep the months, the moon, right? The moons, and then, you know, the sun keeping the days, keeping the times, they're for signs and seasons. All these things are right in front of us, but somebody has just stolen what is signs of creation and said, well, because I can tell you what I think is it's made of, like that removes the idea of creation. Like it doesn't matter. We can look at a chair and say that chair was created. We know that. Just because some guy comes along and says, wait a second, I'm going to tear this chair apart and I'm going to tell you down to the little molecules exactly what it's made of. Well, that doesn't mean that it wasn't created, but that's what these guys have convinced us of is that, well, we know what the sun is. We know how te- what temperature and, and Sam- it is. Sam, when you say, what, what is this place? I have a, uh, a Volkswagen uh, Touareg, and it's diesel. And the reason it can't run on gas is I have no friggin' idea, okay? I step on the gas, I turn, I hit the button, it goes. I have no idea how it works, but it's real, right? So it's above my understanding of, you know, so what is this place? Well, we're trying to figure it out. I, there may be things that our brains can't even figure out because this place is so... Uh, intelligently designed, it's ridiculous. But he, here's the thing. Um, you know, you were talking about eclipses before. The idea, I think Crow was talking about it, of the eclipse happening once is like there's too many zeros after the decimal point to, to come up with it. But eclipses repeat every 18 years. There's eclipse cycles. The same eclipses happen again and again and again because the sky is a perfect, you know, clock, a perfect timepiece, as Crow always says. Um, but here's the thing. We may not know what this is, but we know it's not a spinning ball. And, and the people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and even in the Senate hearings when on YouTube, they brought uh, the two topics that brought up. One of them was flat earth. You know, we have to censor flat earth. Why all of that effort? You know, if they, if this is really a big problem, they can solve it in one day and not for millions of dollars. Everyone says, well, wait until you, you know, we're going to send you to space, you know, and then you're going to see it. That's a straw man argument. It's, it's ridiculous. It's never going to happen because we know that space is misdescribed. So here is a simple, inexpensive, relatively, um, rock solid proof. They tell us Antarctica is 13,000 miles in diameter. Get two airplanes fly to the base over here, refuel them, load them up with scientists, flat earthers, ball earthers, load them up. One plane goes this way, about a thousand feet in the air, just going around the coast, keeping the coast in line. You can see how fast the plane is going pretty much because you're not that high. You get a general sense that it's probably going 550 miles an hour. And everyone watches out the left window. This way, everyone watches out the right window. Nine hours later, 7,000 miles approximately, the two planes should meet. Okay. And that's it. The Earth is a globe if they can do that. 
but they can't. And the last person to try and circumnavigate Antarctica was Captain Cook. It took him three and a half years. He went over 60,000 miles. You have to remember the equator is only 24,000 or 25,000 miles around. So this, if it's at the bottom of a ball, should be smaller, 13,000 miles, like they tell us. Three and a half years, 60,000 miles. Game over. We live in a pond. The way I like to describe it is the Earth is an extended plane. Don't know how far. I'll just say extended. I didn't say endless. I didn't say finite. An extended plane, and we live in a pond within that plane. That's all we know. I'll take it a step further. The fraction of land that we're aware of is this is not the lion's portion of what's in this realm or accessible to this realm. I'll go that far. And as a matter of fact, David just sent me a clip that has re-stirred and rewoken many of the things I was working on. Uh, have you ever seen the prog clock? Go look online at the prog yeah. clock. They yeah. used to yeah. make these beautiful genius things. And I was already working on that small portion that looks almost like an eclipse diagram, which is another interesting thing about it. That small portion down in the center of the prog clock, um, I had already come to accept is likely what we know about. I've said endlessly, and I'll say it again, there's nobody in this forum right now that even knows the shape of the continent we're on, and I can prove it. Right. We all grew up I with agree. a Mercator map. Agree. Right. We grew up with a Mercator map on our high school wall, said this is what it looks like. Well, go online right now, grab a Mercator projection, grab a Gall Peters, grab 10 projections of all the maps, and you will immediately see that no two of them share the same shape for say north america or south america which tells you one thing for true they're all wrong but you see the reason they're wrong is you're going to be told well we have this flat map and we got a globe we had to flatten the globe to do it that problem would have vanished the moment the first picture was taken of earth from space from that moment forward every worse. single con yeah exactly every single continent should have taken the shape as it was shot from earth and by the way go look at all the earth from space images every one of them's different the sizes vary and by the way i caught nasa in a lie with much of the apollo no footage way. <laughs> and they have since pulled it down from their database, cleverly kept the same image name, doctored the image back and put them up. One of the things we did was I proved that the the damn earth from the moon, you know, standing on the, the earth rise over the moon, that the earth should be four times larger. Um, and so... I think Jason was actually with me when we did it. And so I put it in Photoshop and I jacked up the levels and there was a perfect box crop mark around the original NASA image that was online showing that someone had cut it in. You can't find that anymore. They've pulled them down and doctored them. I did it with Pluto. I did it with any number. Put it this way. If NASA posts something tomorrow and I've got a free minute, I'll show you why it's fake. <laughs> and they've done this a bunch of times. We've seen it over and over again. There was an online planetarium software that I was using and saw that you could put the date anywhere you wanted, right? And so they tell us that the North Star is only the North Star now, that in 4,000 years it'll be Thuban or some other North Star. So, you know, I calculate the date, put it the date at 4,000 years ahead, and what do you know? The Polaris is still sitting there in the center and everything's rotating around it. So I messaged the guy that's in charge of it and said, hey, can you tell me why it's not set up to move the North Star like it should? Shouldn't the... And he said, oh, let me look into that. So a couple of days later, somebody messages me and says, Hey, your video shows you moving ahead of a certain amount of years. When I do it, I can't move ahead more than 500. 
And I'm like, no, just keep holding the button down. It'll go further. They said, no, it doesn't work. So I went to the site and the site was changed to where now you can't go ahead or behind 500 years. So I messaged him back and he says, oh yeah, well, I'm not able to get the software correct and I would be able to have it calculated out 400 or you know, 40, however long you, know, you want it in the distance. And I said, do you not see the problem here? I said, if the mathematics around the moving of the stars is based off of reality and in reality that star moves, then what do you mean you need a different algorithm? What do you mean that the software only equates for now? So, so many things like that have happened to where they're changing things, they're going back after the fact. How about the uh, uh, earth.null school? Dave, do you have a, an image of that that you could bring up just so I can show? So, yeah. the earth.nullschool.com had this uh, polar projection. You got to activate of- screen sharing, whoever's host. <clears throat> so, they had this polar projection of what the winds and the winds aloft and the jet streams were doing. And when you show people what it looks like on a flat earth, it's amazing. You have these perfect concentric circles, all the winds make sense. And then when you show it on a globe, so one day people went there and all of a sudden it was a South Pole projection, no longer a North Pole. I messaged the guy on Facebook and said, can, can I ask you why you switched that around? He said, oh, because I don't want people getting some idea that the North Pole is more important than the South Pole. He says, I'm getting too many messages about it. And it's because there's people out there. He didn't want to say flat earthers. There's people out there who think the North Pole is more important because of my map. So I said, okay. Two weeks later, he removed it completely. So now if you go to earth.nullschool.com, there's only the globe and then the Gales Peters and the Winklevoss or whatever, Winkleton a butterfly, you know, all these different projections here. Yeah. But what Dave's showing there is the winds aloft when you're talking about a flat earth. If you look at that on a globe, the winds are all over the place and they don't even make sense. Again, if the earth is spinning to the east at a thousand miles per hour, uh, then somehow the winds are going faster than the spinning earth in the same direction. So imagine spinning a basketball on your finger and saying that there are winds attached to that basketball moving in the same direction the basketball is going faster than you're spinning it. That doesn't even... Doesn't even Outrunning the spin of the earth. Right. So there's just so many signs, like Crow just said, of them changing things. Uh, in fact, sometimes I feel a little bit shitty because I think a lot of what we do is helping them out. So if I go on my channel and I show some things and then those things are corrected, I'm only helping them further their lie because they're able to correct things as we come across things. So well, again, yeah. now planetariums, they're not going to... They'll only let you go 500 years in the future. They're not going to let you go 4,000. Yeah, but, but Jaron, the truth needs no defense. And what you're doing is forcing a lie to be defended till the end of time. And I would just ask anyone on, on the uh, on the cross, Jackie, I feel like we should probably give her 10 minutes to speak. Um, Jackie. <laughs> Jesus, no. <laughs> yeah. Jackie, I'm, are you going to go to your softball friend from college and talk to them about all the proofs you have for uh, flat earth? <laughs> Unmute. Muted. All of my friends think that I'm absolutely crazy for even <laughs> discussing flat earth. I got so much hate for even having David on my podcast to begin with, because most of the people I talk to are not conspiracy people. Right. Well, but we could ask a simple question here. Uh, having come through 2020, um, if you still are on the fence or you're still more leaning towards the globe earth, I'll ask this about the world right now. When you turn on the evening news, can you assign 10% of it that you can trust or is basically everything suspicious of being a lie at this point? When your government talks, when the evening news talks, um, do you have more suspicion for these sources or the other way around, more trust for these sources? Oh, no. I don't trust anything that the news says at all. So if you get to that point, then I'll ask another question. 
supposedly a man named Napoleon lied. Supposedly, we know the time uh, in history that he existed, but he was an emperor, by the way, for part of the time, and he said this very important thing. History, he said, we all know that history is a lie agreed upon. Do you feel like there's truth to that, or you should have suspicion of that? Um, I mean, I would have suspicion on anything, but I do think that most of history is a lie agreed upon by the people running the whole show. So at some point, having answered the way you did, I would submit to you that you have to examine why you accept the globe in the first place, because everything that you just indicated, indicated to me that that belief system was handed to you by the various places you don't trust. Oh, I don't accept the globe. I just don't necessarily go around saying I'm absolutely a flat earther. I'm just kind of stuck in the middle and kind of how we were talking earlier about being indoctrinated. I went 12 years of Catholic school and then went straight into seven years of a straight science university. So I'm like stuck in the middle of being <laughs> indoctrinated in all the bad shit. So I'm just really not like, and where's your, what's your opinion? What's your opinion of Catholicism now? Have you grown away from that? Or it's a you, joke. Oh my yeah. god, that's what got me into conspiracies. Was being so. I I went to a science college because I hated religion from going to twelve years of Catholic school, right. and then I got out of my science university and questioned everything about science ever after being there for so long, hearing things that didn't add up to me. But everyone in your life, in your Catholic upbringing, because I went through the same thing, uh, told you that the, those things were the truth. And they were, they were sure of it. I mean, the teachers in, in you know, Catholic high school or Catholic education are very sure that everything that they're saying is the truth. So I've just kind of realized the same thing. Look, at when you come out of that, you start to realize, wait, these people are just basically spitting their own beliefs and really, really wanting you really badly to be believing what they do, right? Oh, I would get, I mean, when I started questioning things in school and having getting sent out of the room because I was asking what was going on was when I was like, okay, well, if I can't question things where I'm learning, then what is the point? I'm not learning to learn. I'm learning someone else's beliefs being passed down. I'm not actually able to question anything. Memorization and regurgitation gets you the professor position. Yeah. Yep. And science was the same way. And I went through the same thing where I came out of it. I actually was an atheist for probably six months or a year, um, maybe about 2014-ish. And it was because I got disillusioned with religion and said, oh, must be science is true. Evolution. I wanted to debate Christians about evolution. I wanted to tell them we know the age of the earth. And when I started to look into it and then talk to people, I realized, wait a second, this is no different. It is another religion, one that you can't speak out against and you have to back at all costs. And then I realized, okay, I don't want a part of any, either one of these because they didn't, they didn't know. They would just spout things like, we know the age of the earth is, is this because of carbon dating. And you'd be like, well, no, not exactly. Carbon dating only goes back 20,000 years. And then they'll just get so frustrated at you and say, oh, whatever, you believe in your sky daddy. And this, and it's like, no, I'm not even a Christian. What are you talking about? I just know that what you're saying about science is not correct. So, you know, and everybody always asks, where's these whistleblowers? Where's these whistleblowers? People try all the time to come out and say things, right? And you just, nowadays, we had a family member who believes in vaccines, totally believes in vaccines. When got vaccinated on his second one, he got really sick. Uh, went to Facebook to post it and they pulled it down for medical misinformation. What they did is they woke this guy up. Now he's coming to me asking me for more and more info because he says, what else they lined about? Right. Because right? he's like, what the hell? He's like, I'm trying to report. He's like, I believe in vaccines. And I was just trying to say, hey, here's what happened to me. And they said, that's medical misinformation. So now, even if you're reporting what happened to you, that's medical misinformation. So unless you tow that line, man, you tow the line that you love vaccines are the greatest thing ever given to I'll us. I'll fight by everybody. <laughs>
I, I think the, the thing about Eddie Bravo when he would go on Joe Rogan and he would question everything from like the space, the pictures from space, NASA. Images. I mean, he would question absolutely everything. And and Rogan and many others would look at him like, hey, like that's ridiculous. How would you question that? And I think you have to get to the root cause of why people do that, right? Our first, it really is based on faith. Like when we're kids, we look at our parents and we think they're the all knowing being, right? And then you become an adult and you're like, holy shit, like they didn't know everything. They just kind of convinced me that we, they knew everything. And we're all kind of just figuring out like life and, and trying to figure out the world around us as we go. <laughs> I love the picture, Dave. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so I think like your first reaction is when somebody questions something that you've been told over and over again, that this is reality, this is how the world works, is to resist. But the truth of the matter is basically just about everything we think is real is just based, it, it's a theory. It's a theory and it's based on faith in in somebody's theory. And it's, it's when you really get to the the history of like, where did this theory come from? You realize like, okay, there's not really any real evidence here. There's not really, it's just somebody came up with these calculations mathematically or whatever. And everybody's like, yeah, that seems like that makes sense. And then you continue just repeating it. And, and, and everybody just continues to believe it. It makes sense. I remember the first time I had Gerard Willems on my show years ago, he, he was the guy who wrote uh, the escape of Adolf Hitler. And uh, eventually I remember when first time I had him on, this was early in podcasting and people, friends of mine that were historians and, and, and history buffs, world war two buffs are like, that's ridiculous. Of course he died in, in, in Germany. And then I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought until I started looking into it and realized there was zero evidence to prove that he died in Germany. And it just completely, it's one of those things. It's like, holy shit, we've been repeating this over and over again. And then when somebody, back then, so, somebody like Gerard Williams, who actually looks into it, same thing. He was a very credible journalist, worked for BBC. And he's like, holy shit, I've been repeating this and there's no evidence. And there's tons of evidence pushing everybody in the other direction that like he actually made it Argentina and all that stuff. So my point is like something can get repeated over and over again. And it just takes somebody to look into it a little bit to realize, realize that we're all just regurgitating information <laughs> right. that nobody actually looked into. You know, if a lot of mainstream, people, if it's mainstream information, question it. If it's if it's something that they teach us all in school or if it's a universal topic that um, especially one you're not supposed to talk about, look, up, look everything up because question what just, we say. Why? <laughs> and don't just question, question yeah. everything, not just exactly. mainstream question, everything. Well, I mean, specifically, your, I'm just ahead. talking about topics from from history. I mean, all these all these lies are involved and people want to just cherry pick their lies. It's like it's all fucking lies. Why are we hiding about all these lies from history? I, don't, I just don't get it. It's like people have their own agendas, their own paths that they want to take with truth. It, and it takes time. Um, but if there's something back in the day that you don't know was true or not or a big event, go look into it and you'll probably find out it, it, it's not what they told you. So, you know, these are big lies and, and the globe lie is the biggest. But right. um, if you can get over that hump, you can get over them all. You just, you know, everyone has their own journey. It's just there, eventually we'll all know the truth about everything. So. Th think about this. Six months from now, we're going to be 186 million miles on the other side of the sun. But at the same time, the sun is traveling at over 500,000 miles an hour. So six, six months times the number of hours in a day, we're, we're, that, we're curving, corkscrewing through the universe, okay? 
here's Stonehenge, not Stonehenge, uh, the Georgia Guidestones, and there's this little hole here. When you look through that hole. Don't tell them what it's for. Shh. <laughs> when you look through that hole, you see Polaris. It never moves. Okay. If we were on a spinning ball, even one of the four motions, it wouldn't last. It would be gone, right? Everything they tell us, they say numbers that are so big that our minds can't fathom them. They tell us Polaris is 46 times bigger than the sun and 433 light years away. Well, you can do a calculation being extremely generous. If Polaris was six light days away, it would be too small to see, right? Ignoring the inverse square law of light of it getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Let's pretend it stays the same brightness. It would be too small, small to see at six light hours. And they're telling us it's 433 light years away. Your brain just melts when you hear these numbers and you don't comprehend what they are. You know, it's funny too, Dave, the pyramid of Giza, right? Has its two shafts and the shaft is pointed directly at Polaris right now. So when you ask, well, wait a second, if this thing is moving, how is this? And they say, oh, well, 4,000 years ago, it was pointed at a different star. And today it's pointed at, at Polaris. And then we say, so you're telling me that the whole time in between there, the 4,000 years between when it was built and today, it was pointed at nothing? And we just happen to live in the <laughs> period of time? I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yes, Darren. Yes. I know. I know I'm what yes, I'm told. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, there's, there's another thing to consider here. When I was listening to the two who went to Catholic school, um, I was fascinated by Catholics. I was brought up Protestant. But after I did study, study, study for years and years, you know what Catholicism did for me? It proved that every damn thing I ever learned about the sky clock was already encoded in a Catholic saint or holiday. And as an example of this, most recently, I was looking at old St. Patty because I was about to commiserate online about the equinox and why is the clock getting jacked up. And lo and behold, I noticed that the true equinox, which was three days before they announced it, so that's already by by the time they announced it, was the same as Ireland. And it dawned on me all at once. There it is again. Catholic Church confirming my beliefs, my, my research, the things that I know about. St. Patrick's Day is the, the spring equinox, the vernal equinox, personified. That's why he wears green. That's why he's looking at the, at the cross, which is the equinoxes and solstices encoded. Um, you get the story about the fake snakes that never existed that he chased out. But you can do that with almost any, matter of fact, I will say every single Catholic commemorative moment or saint. I can show you a position of the sun or a day that matters within the acceptable year of the Lord, or in another way of saying that is within a year of the sky clock. Um, and though when you get to that point, there's no more, it's undeniable. You're not the guy who marked the date they did. Mm -hmm. And when you can show that spring is green and Patrick's green and the equinox and solstice are in a cross, it's just, it's undeniable. Jackie, I just want a real quick question. When you were in school, did you, were you taught that the Bible was literally true? Yes. Oh, you were as a Catholic, really? Yes. Well, I mean, literally true, as in the stories were written by people that witnessed these events happening. So, yeah, we were not allowed to question whether or not those events were true. Oh, interesting. Yeah. From, from so, I had a friend of mine who worked at a uh, uh, Orthodox Jewish um, church or uh, uh, school. Excuse me, not church. A uh, school. And one day, the 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 kids had a question about something they were getting taught, and my friend could not answer it. Truthfully, basically, so she had to call the head rabbi who ran the school, 
And he came in and she she told me she proceeded to watch him blatantly lie straight to the kid's face about the answer. And this is meant to go hand in hand with the Catholics and what you're told there. It's like any dogma is taught very early to children. That is why we see a lot of this trans stuff being pushed on the kids very early because you hook them early and then it becomes kind of like ingrained in their head. And that's why I'm against any side of anything being taught to anybody outside of you know, uh, math and stuff like that is like, let children be children, let them grow up. And when they get to a certain age, they can discover whatever they want to discover after that. And they know that the best way to hook people is early, whether it's religion and what's being taught in religion. And for me, uh, there has been a concentrated effort to brainwash us into not knowing how special we are and into molest the, the, the message through uh, organized religion and not spirituality, but organized religion. And I think that's done purposefully. And that, you know, there comes a time where each one of the major religions, a book is inserted into these religions, which take these religions in different directions. You know, whether it's the uh, a Quran that is different than the original Quran or a Bible that certain stories are kept out of or uh, the, the Talmud when, you know, not the Torah. All of them have stuff in them that teaches a new way of looking at that religion and has stuff in them that the other side can get angry at and point at going, oh, look at them. They believe in this, this, and this, which gets us all to fight with each other. And mm -hmm. the question is, who inserted these books? Because I guarantee you, it's the same people. And it's a small yep. concentration of people that want us to not know how special we are. And that's Absolutely. my honest belief. And that's the truth. I mean, I didn't learn, I didn't learn to, to trust the Bible like that. I, I mean, they say it was inspired, but we were told not to believe it word for word. And the real reason why is because the Catholics know that they've changed it, added books, uh, adjusted things a little bit. But I wanted to bring up, it's funny that you talk about getting a child, you know, St. Ignatius of Loyola, who's the one who started the Jesuits, his quote was, uh, give us a child until he's seven and we'll have him for life. So, I mean, it's exactly what uh, you're saying there, that that's, you know, they want to get to them young and get them indoctrinated uh, very early. You, you try going to a seven or to 10 year old boy and say, hey, you want to know a secret? The earth is flat. He will chop your head off. They come at you and they have all of the proofs already. They're boom, boom, boom. The indoctrination is so strong. Very strong. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it happens all the time, dude. And that's why I like, you know, man, I'm not here to be right. I'd rather do right than be right. And I'm open-minded to that. Something I learned may not be correct. And if I get find information to the contrary, I'm going to be open-minded to that because I think that's the best way to in fact grow. And it is crazy when people go, oh, Hey, you flat earther. And you're like, oh, blah, you know, I, I just, I got, oh, you know, Sam, and it's, I, I embrace the word flat earther. Cause that, you know what? Someone, some, some people do it. It's fine that some people do that. But if you are a globe denier, a globe, an under, you understand that the globe is impossible and it's not an option. That's it. That's all you need. That is completely fine. I like the way Crow doesn't call himself a flat earther. Owen doesn't either. But they know that the globe doesn't exist, that it's an impossibility. And the way you can tell 
we don't live on a globe in the words of taboo conspiracy is we'd all be dead. <laughs> I get asked all the time, and this is, this is not very popular of me, but I get asked all the time, how do I teach my child about flat earth, Jaren? How do I teach them the earth is flat and that they've been lied to about the globe? And I always say the same thing. Don't do that. And what I say that for is because I know the kind of kickback you get. If you try and teach a child in one area, you really, that is indoctrination. That is what you're basically doing. I think we need to teach open thinking, you know, open-mindedness, that we need to be teaching, hey, child, you're going to have people from this direction teaching you this and people from this direction, and you really need to leave your mind open enough that you're able to weigh different evidences and let them come to their own conclusion. Because anytime you've convinced them of something, they're going to be very defensive about that. They're not going to want to hear anything from outside of that. We see it every day. Um, so I know that's not a very popular opinion, but I'm not in the mindset that we should be uh, indoctrinating children into a flat earth belief. Because I still think we're wrong about a lot of it. You know, I don't think that we are, but we know all the answers. Well, that's one. <laughs> Show them that and say, do you think we're spinning around? <laughs> well, I, I think what you said is super important. You shouldn't teach your children what to think. You should teach them how to think. And yeah, exactly. it's, it's, very, it's very important to, to because we're, we're all capable of it, even unknowingly sometimes, of pushing our opinions on our children. And it, it does stunt their growth because, I mean, the truth is, like, I would love my kids to agree with me on a lot of my theories or philosophies on the world, but I want them to get there because they questioned things and they explored ideas and they got there because it made the most sense, not because dad told them to think this way. And, and it, it is, I mean, it's something very hard to, to it, it's very hard to avoid it because kids are sponges even when the, you don't think they're listening they're listening well, that's and why you teach them the facts you teach them the facts water finds and maintains level you start there you teach yep. them the facts to me that's not indoctrination that's teaching them facts that uh, even if your school teaches you that it's going to go over your head later so i mean you 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 lay the groundwork for them and to me that's not indoctrination it's it's uh, a form of uh, giving them as much knowledge as they can handle at their age. Again, they're a sponge. So if you choose to if you choose to put them in indoctrination camps, aka schools, if that's your choice, if that's what you do, then that's what you do. That's fine. So get them prepared. Let them know what they're up against and what's what's coming. Well, that's um, what I'm saying too, right? You can just give them the one thing. Say, here's the globe with all this bending water, and this, and then let's do some experiments on water in it in a tub, in a pool, in a river, in a lake, in a, and you keep getting bigger and bigger and say, these waters always lie level. But I think that is enough information that where now you leave it up to them to decide which one they want to believe. If they want to believe in a spinning uh, ball earth, then have at it. But I don't think anybody would come to that conclusion if they're started with the right mindset of to think about these things and not just buy into them. Because again, the crazy thing is, is if they told us tomorrow that, oh, actually, we thought you we were going 66,000 miles per hour around the sun. It's actually 690 trillion miles per hour. None of us have any right to question that. Because if we can't feel 66,000 miles per hour, like we can't feel a 1,000 mile per hour spin, they can just assign any number they want. And we would be like, well, they have, oh. they changed the, they, they, yeah. I mean, and not with that, but with the sun, like for instance, this is what I want to ask Jackie, Sam and Charlie. I'm a, yeah, Charlie. Um, do you three know that the sun, the distance from, you know, how far away the sun is. Obviously, you guys would all probably say 93 million miles an hour if that's what we're talking about. One billion right? so, miles. Uh, yeah. One right. dollar, Bob. No, but my question is, do you guys know that it's been changed so many times? And not only that, but it used to be farther away. Do you guys know that? No. Like, I've you, only I think heard it started off as miles. the indoctrination started off as one million miles away, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, 
but uh, it's gone up and up and up. It even got to a point where um, they, you know, I, I, I don't know the exact math. I think it's 112, mi- 112 million miles. It got up there and now it's back down to 93. I mean, does that not come into play for you three in the sense of like, what the heck is going on? What are they, what are they talking about here? Because, um, you know, to yeah, change the yeah, math on something... And then I, I think uh, honestly the uh, to, not to cut it, uh, cut in, but no, uh, it's an interesting uh, question. But I actually take it in a different direction. I think that if they're changing the math, that actually gives me more faith in what they're saying than because science should be never concrete, right? Like it should always be changing. Oh no, no they're saying ninety three is concrete now. Well, I, I don't know, know if you knew that. Saying, That's concrete. Saying, yeah, they but, have three satellites all the way around the sun, just so. We know what we're talking about here. That's NASA's claim. <laughs> they have three satellites triangulating the sun. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like if they said, hey, this is it, they were constantly recalculating, coming up with different uh, theories based on new evidence. If that's what they were doing and, and they were honest and saying, hey, this is what we think right now based on the information we have right now. I'd have more faith in them than when they do say, like you said, like, hey, this is absolutely truth. There's no doubt about that, you know, no doubt about it. We don't have it wrong. This this information is never going to change. To me, that's super unscientific, obviously. The the opposite of like, if they were open to the idea of like, okay, we're constantly changing our mind because we're not certain. Like to me, I would have more faith in them than, you know, if the opposite, which is basically what we live in now, where it's like everybody says the science is settled, which is, ridiculous to say because it's the most unscientific thing you can say is is science has ever settled so well yeah, yeah 93 million miles away is technically they're saying modern modern day science is settled everything about what this model this ridiculous glow model is is con- considered settled to them right now so the reason i bring and that's a good take i never heard it from that angle ricky um but that doesn't bother me because the fact of the matter is uh you know they would change every single thing. Every time they changed it, the solar system should change. Everything should change. Uh, everything. Because they have to do math based off the sun. If the sun is, into se- is in the center, then everything else has to change. It seems like they forget about that. So I have a book called um, Who Built the Moon by Alan Butler. And I'm curious now. So what does this do to, to our thoughts on, on the moon as far as distance away from us, actual size, where do you guys stand on that? See you, Sam. I got to jump, guys. Love you guys. Take care. See you, Sam. Later, Sam. Great See show. You. Great show. Thanks for doing it, everybody. See you, Sam. So to answer Charlie, they're all right here. Um, human beings are special, special, special. We are the apex thing here. We are the caretakers of here. We're supposed to be. And this place exists for us. As a matter of fact, we're the center of the known universe, which mm-hmm. people will arrive at. Um but it's all right here, but it's not so cut and dry. Uh, the moon is an illusion. I'm convinced of it, and I'm not the only one who's convinced of it. Almost every old Eastern tradition, spiritual and otherwise, um, from back in the day, will always describe the moon as if it was reflected in a lake. And when I grew up and when I got older, I always wondered why they were using that. Well, after I went out and did my thing, Um, I kept trying to answer that and I began to realize, but it's really not that cut and dry at all because I can say that I accept that they're here in the system that we call home, place we call the realm of earth, but there's more to it. Right now, I'm working to try to show that there's a second sun 
Um, and to most people, that's just like the mind exploder. But in 2015, when I accidentally filmed it the first time, and I didn't have that much solar time as I did lunar time, um, I didn't know what I know now. I've talked to people all over the world that were trained in ancient traditions that are not Western that say, yeah, we know there's a second sun. We were trained in Ayurvedic medicine and other things. So what we don't know far outweighs what we do know. But what I accept about the sun and the moon is that on this side of the firmament. I wanted to bring up just because what Crow just talked about, uh, George Ellis, who's a you know mainstream physicist and mathematician, uh, had a quote where he said that he can construct for you a, a universe where the earth is at its center. And based on observations, you could never disprove it. And he says, what I want to try and get out in the open is that a lot of um, cosmology or all of cosmology uses philosophical criteria in order to pick our models. And he says, and a lot of cosmology tries to hide that. That was one of the quotes where I'm like, okay, here we, get, we have a physicist. We have a person who's doing this science, who is flat out telling people that there is other ways to describe what we see, but cosmology tries to hide that. And so anybody who believes in science, after you've got a scientist telling you, look, the universe does tell us that it's moving away from us. We are the center, just like Crow just said, but we don't like that. And so we're going to use different philosophical ideas in our models, meaning we don't like to be the center. So we'll do everything in our power to make sure that anything that we ever observe never gets reported back as we are the center. And that's what all of cosmology does. And then he says a lot of cosmology, which is a science, tries to hide that. So now we've got sciences trying to hide things based on people's personal philosophical criteria. That to me is enough that you should say, okay, I'm just not going to believe these guys anymore. Not when they have a worldview that they have to stick to. doesn't matter what they observe. We think that there's these guys looking at things through their telescopes and that they're being really diligent about writing down exactly what they see, except for if it goes against what their current beliefs are. They'll just leave that out and try and hide it. So when you hear that, I don't know how you can ever just fully buy into these guys and their um, philosophical criteria. Basically, their worldview dictates what they teach to you, your children, what they report on the news. I don't want to be taught things based on somebody's you know, philosophical criteria. I think that aspect of it's actually a super interesting. It goes into a much deeper almost conversation in regards to a lot of people, you know, who, who talk about flat earth. It leads to the conversation about us being the center of, of things and not just being another planet, you know, out in the universe. And it almost seems like, you know, it end like, like Sam was saying, it, it kind of reminds us that maybe we are something special. We're not just this creation of randomness that is just out there and with no meaning and just out there, you know? And uh, is that something that intrigues you guys? Like this whole just changing also, not just your philosophy or, or changing your, your worldview, not just based on like if the earth is round or flat, but how it leads to these other questions and conversations about like, okay, well, if we are the center of things, what, what else does that mean? Oh man, I think that's more important than anything. I mean, really the shape of the earth doesn't matter to me. I mean, really, if you're talking about, uh, you know, okay, I can get in a boat and I can go sail on the ocean and whether it's flat or a sphere with gravity pulling it to the center, I don't think it really makes a difference to me as far as my travels. What makes a difference to me is why am I here? If you don't know why you're here, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't really understand the intent, then I feel you can just become what they want you to become, which is a wage slave. Somebody who works, pays their taxes, doesn't question things, watches the news. That's where they get their information. Very controlled. Uh, then they use you for profit, right? So everything that they do with tracking you, 
Uh, Google keeps track of everything you, every page you go to, so they can sell that to people that are going to sell you products. So as soon as you realize that a lot of these things are not what you're taught, <laughs> like you said, then I think that the bigger things start to come out. And that's what's more important to me is that why are certain people trying to move me away from a line of thinking? And the line of thinking that we're created, we're important, we should treat each other like we're important. Uh, and heaven on earth would be incredibly easy. I always talk about it as, what if we just all took care of the person to our right? Something so simple as take care of one person, the person to your right. The whole world did that, be a perfect world. It would be easy. You know, just take care of that. You're happy, you're fed. Okay, great. Now I can go do all the fun things I want to do. I took care of the person to my right. But they get away from that. They get us into this whole line of, I mean, we need government. And they, they purposely put you into these positions where you have no choice but to depend on them. And everything is by design, every single you know, bit of it. So yeah, there's so many quotes out there, like you said, that have woke me up to the fact of this is beyond just, oh, the shape of the earth. It's clearly, they want you thinking you're a speck of dust, that you're not important, that you're not going to be held accountable. Um, and then on the other hand, they don't mind if you're in the religious mindset, as long as you're fully into it and you believe uh, fully that you should just be uh, apathetic. You should let the government walk all over you. You should be like Jesus. You know, the government went after Jesus. What did he do? He just, he just sat there and said, go ahead, hang me on a cross. So they teach these things because either one of those mindsets helps them. They don't, this is why the, the churches don't pay taxes. Because the tr- imagine this American government. They want to take taxes for anything. They'll take taxes from you for crossing the street eventually. But they don't touch the churches. Why not? It's because the church plays right into their scheme. It plays right into what they want. The Bible tells you, let the evil be evil. Let wicked be wicked. Uh, you know, Pay the government your taxes. Uh, the government's put there by God. It's very scary thoughts when you start thinking about how get people into a belief system and they all of a sudden can become exactly what you want them to be. You know, there's an observation that I made years ago that I never forgot. And I try to apply it in my podcast all the time. If I was to ask everybody listening, what's the difference between an adult and a child? That's a general question. In a roundabout way, what is the difference between an adult in American society and a child? Can we agree that the main difference is, is the children are viewed as not equipped to make the decisions, right? Mm -hmm. That the adult in the room has to do that. I submit to you that we were all raised to never grow up. We were never raised to grow up to the point where we could make our own decisions. At the moment I had that realization, everything changed for me. Because as I had once thrown away a piece of footage, because I knew the fight that would ensue behind it, even though I knew it was correct, I ran away from it to avoid the fight. That was the act of a scared child. And so I went the other way and I realized that even things as mundane as Gilligan's Island had been training us the whole time. You want to know about science? Uh, you got to go see the professor. Um, you want a coconut cream pie? Oh, that's the girls. The girls are here to cook you coconut cream pies. Anything that's a command call, that's the skipper. Um, even our entertainment had been reinforcing this idea over and over and over. And they, so what happens when you Crow, become... Crow, they even, they even let us know that all the communications are done by undersea cable. Remember when Gilligan found the cable and they were making phone calls and they got washed go. away? There you go. They're, they're always so telling us. Go my ahead. point is, is if you do what I did, where I realized when I was 35, I've told the story a lot of times. I was 35 when I asked the question, do I feel like I'm grown up? And I didn't know. How in the hell do you get to be 35 damn years old and not understand that you're a grown-up? And so later, as I look back, ashamedly, I realized I will never be that child in the dark 
in a scared room ever again. I will stand up. I will make my own decisions. When I blow it big, I'll go march right back into the mic and say, sorry, I blew it big, but I'll be an adult about it. Um, and really, if you think about how we've come to where we are, it's because we're all children in a scared, dark room, mostly. We've been told what to believe, so we believed it. At any time, we could have went and looked into it or done any other things, but everybody knows, oh, that's science. we got to get a guy with a white lab coat in here to answer this question. Um, if I'm sick, well, I've clearly got to get a doctor because I'm not bright enough to take care of my own body in any meaningful way. And that's how we get hooked on pharmaceuticals. It's all the same thing over and over is that the belief systems have been beaten into you that you are not equipped to make the decisions for you, basically. Right, and they try and equate it to like real world things. Like I do believe that, you know, I don't know a lot about cars, so it's best for me to probably take my car to a mechanic more often than it would be to try and tear it apart and build it back myself. So that line of thinking, they've just applied to space and everything else, right? So if I think that way about my car, then I must think that way about space. And I've seen Joe Rogan take that tr trail, right? So he used to question the moon landings. Then he stopped all of a sudden. And now he, when you ask him why he doesn't anymore, he says, well, because people much smarter than I have looked into it. People like Neil deGrasse Tyson and these guys, they've looked into it and they think we went. So therefore, who am I to question that? Well, that line of thinking is ridiculous when it comes to certain lines. I mean, why isn't he a Hasidic, a Hasidic Jew then? Because I could find for him a rabbi who's put 40 years of research and study into that book and claims it to be the truth and knows it all is fact. So if that's your line of thinking that we just need to always defer to those who have put in all the research then you're gonna. Then you're just what Crow just decided. You were just talked about. You are a child who is not capable of making your own mind up. And this is what they want you to believe: is that you can't. You can't possibly come up with these answers. You need to defer to those smart enough. But that leaves the door open for deception, <laughs> wide open. That the traces of what I've just said are everywhere once you recognize it and you realize in yourself the way you have been living most of your life. Take a simple word like government. Words have meaning. The word govern means to control. The suffix meant always means mind. Even in our language, the government is telling you by what we call them that they are there to control your mind. Um, when, when an adult is faced with this, that's unacceptable is all I can tell you. Um, and that's kind of where we've got to get because right now so much of the ridicule and the shaming that's trying to force people to get that shot to wear those two or three masks or however many we want on you this week is Thanks. mostly, yeah, it's mostly scared children that are being ridiculed or bullied, one of the two, into the position that, that they're wanted to be in. You know how much mask time I have? Zero. Well, 10 minutes in a dentist's office. The rest of that entire year plus, I didn't do it. Was I yelled at? Yes. Was I, people try to fight with me? They did. Um, but nonetheless, I can't go back now. It's not their choice whether I cover my spirit. It's my choice. And I decided not to. And I made up my mind instantly, no matter how much ridicule or threatening comes my way, uh, that's a bridge too far for me. And to me, that's the adult decision. Right. And they, what their version of the adult decision is, whatever the news told them. So the news told them, you don't care about grandma. You're a selfish person for not putting that on. And you don't care about science and you must be a Trump fan and you probably think that global warming is fake. So by pushing that kind of concept to these people that are children, and I get why, because I, I was a store manager of a drugstore. And if anybody would have came into that store and told me the earth was flat or that masks didn't work or anything like that, I would have told them to get out. I would have said, 
sorry, I've got a job to do. I got to make money. I've got 67 employees here I got to worry about. That would have been the last thing on my mind. So I realized that when people work every day, when they work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, that the only time they have to catch up on the real world is that 30 minutes of news that they can watch every day. And so believe me, those in charge know that. That's why they put the news out there. That's why they can get any kind of buy-in that they want from people simply by putting it in the news because that's all you can see. That's all you can. That's all the time you have. And if you look at all of us or a lot of people doing this research, they're people who have time to look into things, people who have time to research and make decisions. And that's the best feeling ever, like Crow said, where you're able just to sit back and say, okay, the news is saying this crazy stuff about Corona. I'll sit back and just watch. And it kind of unplays for you exactly as it would. I mean, believe me, we wouldn't need, you wouldn't need to tell me to put on a mask if every day I went out and I saw another person dead on the street. And it was like, started asking questions. What's going on? What's happening here? My family members are dying. Guess what? I'm going to all of a sudden decide this might be something airborne. Maybe I need to put on a mask. Maybe I need to stay inside the house. People are grownups. I can make my own decisions. But the problem is they've taught people just what Crow said is really resonating. They've taught people that they're children and that they don't get to make the decision of when we wear a mask and when we don't. The TV gets to make that decision. And if the TV says it's now, then we do it now. And if the TV says it's for 14 days, we do it for 14 days. And if the TV says, well, guess what? It's not going away. It's getting worse after 14 days. Then we do it for a year. And if Fauci says do it for two, then we do it for two. And it's just children. It's what, how you would treat a, ch- a child, right? child doesn't know whether to put a jacket on or not to go outside. We as parents need to tell them when they wear a jacket, when they don't. That's how the government, the news treats us and people can't see it. People think that these ideas are coming into their own mind. That there's another reason to value a Catholic upbringing. Does, does anyone remember what we used to call each other? Thee and thou. These are all ideas based off the word theos, the creator, the God. Now what we've gone to is mm-hmm. we say you and me and person because a person is a non-living entity that's been corporatized in our world. But the main point here is that a television tells us what to do. No life. It's an inanimate object literally directing our lives. So not only have we become children, we've become mentally deranged children. Because not too many decades ago, I would have referred to you as thee or thou, giving you the respect as close as I could get to the creator, human to human, living man to living man or living woman. And the reversal of these ideas has brought us to where we are. And it's impossible to begin to take apart things at a finite level until you decide that something's wrong here and I've got to get back to sanity or I've got to go drink a lot or however I'm going to deal with this. But if you take it on, there's only one way back. And the one way back is you got to throw every damn thing out you ever knew and you got to re-add everything up and you've got to challenge it. And what I used to tell people is every bit of information that's ever put before you is identical to being drugged to the crossroad. When you are physically drugged to the crossroad, you have no choice. You have to make a decision. You turn left, you turn right, you go straight, you go back, or you sit on your butt and die and never move again. You got five choices. Every piece of information, which we have forgotten, is dragging you to the crossroad. Even if you decide not to make a decision, you have probably taken the information on board, thereby having made a decision without exercising your godly right to be an adult in this world. When you get back to understanding that every every new piece of information put before you takes you to the crossroad, things will change because you won't just sit there and coast. 
Well, I, I feel like we learned something over 2020, and that was that uh, you've got to question a lot of things. You need to question, obviously, in our group here, we don't even think of the television as being a, an option, but for a lot of people, they consider it the only option. I think people are starting to question that, uh, question the the people delivering the messages, the Fauci's of the world and, and, and that. So look, that leads you down a path to questioning what it, what exactly is settled science and, and, and that in the form of the f- big pharma or maybe astrologically as well. So I think, R- Ricky, we had a, a pretty good plan to have to get the, the big hitters of the flat earth community on to explain this. And I think... I don't think we could have done a better job here. We've gotten to hear a variety of different opinions. And, uh, and I think that you guys all present things in a really measured and logical and reasonable fashion, which is essential for trying to get people. I know I have to do it with, with the, the things that I'm talking about. If you can just, if you can come at them without all the fluff and just sort of lay out some facts and some questions, I think you guys do it in the right way. And, uh, and I appreciate you guys coming on to, to sort of, uh, you know, to, to fill us in on all this stuff. I mean, we've all, we all know each other sort of tangentially. I mean, we've been on each other's shows and things like that, but it's always good to, to have a, a topic about something. And for some reason, it's polarizing too. People get very like up in arms about the flat earth topic. It's not easy to be told that your kid's actually a girl and not a boy. And nobody likes having their ball taken away. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to wind it down and have like a bunch of uh, round earthers be like, you guys didn't ask any fucking hard questions or anything. Like, Hit us. What's the, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't, I'm too dumb. To Are there it. hard questions anymore, David? There's none. There there, really? There's none. I don't even prepare no. for my interview. <laughs> it's the well, same flat earth, you know, globe earth 101 questions. Well, so, so the sunset, you know, what about seasons? Well, that's what I was going to say. What are the most common questions? What about seasons, boats over the horizon, Aristophanes, sticks and shadows. Um, What about the photos from space? What about all all the astronauts, liars, or all the, all the pilots in on it? Are all the scientists in on it? You know, it's the same nonsense. And and by the way, I had, I had those same exact things. And I, I had all of those questions. So did you guys actually, because chances are we're going to get a, a mixture of people listening to this who are on both sides of the argument. And some of those people who are round earthers are going to be at, basically asking those questions so, to themselves. Do you want to hit on some of them and just give them like a, a quick explanation on? So, I'd be so glad then they're not like, oh, you guys talked about all the most common questions, but you didn't answer any of the most common questions. But no one, no one told us those answers. To be honest with you, Crow didn't go looking for those answers from someone. Neither did Dave and neither did I. We researched. We did our own research. So we didn't just show up at a YouTube video and be like, explain to me gravity. Why does this happen? Why does that happen? Because this is what we've been conditioned to think is this this is where truth comes from. We were put in desks as children and told, watch that lady. We have figured out a lot of it and we've made that available for other people to look at. So sure. sure, We don't need, you know, people don't have to go out and do their long distance experiments because taboo, taboo did them for everybody. Okay. So, you know, they're out there and, and, and Sean with his amazing movies, you know, if people, people, people have short attention spans. I love Sean's movies. I mean, they're, they're they're just entertaining and they're informative. And so there's all different stuff for people, but if you Google flat earth, you end up at the flat earth society. You don't Garbage. end up, you know, 500 hours of research and you'll find one hour of good content if you're lucky, right? Cause they, they resorted to the turd in the punch bowl method where they've just uploaded so much garbage 
um, that you can't find anything good. That's why I created my app, which links you to all of the questions, um, all of the questions that, you know, every question that you have is there. But let's talk about some of them. How about circumnavigation? Is that a good one? People say, I leave New York, I head east. If I keep going east, I'll end up back in New York again. Well, that's true on a ball earth and a flat earth. At the center of the earth is the, at the center of the flat earth is a magnetic source. We think it's a mountain, but it's, it's all compasses point there. I'm pushing this compass west. West is not a straight line. I have to keep that needle pointed towards the center. So west is a circle. It's the same on a globe and it's the same on a flat earth, right? <laughs> I always have to correct to the north on a flat earth, right? Even if I'm away out south, I still have to correct to the north when I'm going east, right? But on a globe, you'd have to correct to the south and you, you don't do that. But here, I'm going to try to dead reckon west, dead reckon west. And if I don't correct to the north, I'm heading south already. Every straight line is south on a flat earth. And people are very confused by that. People don't get, they keep thinking that this uh, is I'm, a... I'm confused how you have three hands because I see two hands. <laughs> there three hands? I don't like So, So, yeah. And then if you want to go south, south is every direction away from the center. South, I'm going to keep on going that way and not pop up over here. On a ball, I should pop up over here. Nobody has ever gone south. No one has ever circumnavigated south, ever. Billions have done east and west. Zero have done south. See, that's, see, that's case closed. Uh, for me, if you're a sleeping lion, that's case closed. But, right. you know, our sheep, man. What, well, they'll throw, they'll throw three people's names out there and try and tell you that they've done it, but then you go look into it, and it's always some character. It's either that Sarbrook. Here's the ZQ finds. pilot. He, oh, he went here, he touched the goalpost and went around. That's like me saying, my straight road's a loop. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to end up over there. But first I go down there, I touch the end, I run back and go, see, it's a circle because I turned around, right? You know, yeah. this, this, this is north-south circumnavigation. No, it's not. This is just a little cruise around the lake. Boom, he went out of here, touched, came back, bam. That's that guy has the record. That guy has yeah. the record. And he got the record for southern circumnavigation. So they're, they're, they're they had just, to give it to someone, right? They had to give exactly. it to somebody. <laughs> right. I mean, he did. He came closest. Know? Right. On, on, on my app, so. there's a what about southern uh, circumnavigation? What about circumnavigation? There's a whole bunch of videos. Colin O'Brady's another guy. He His story is so ridiculous. But if you actually follow the course that he did, he basically, he just, I think he went over here. He just went like over here and then went over here and then came out, yeah. right? He didn't go here and pop up over here because that's impossible because the earth is flat. And that girl who did the skiing to the South Pole and then came back to where she started, I found her blog and I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'm just wondering, I said, if it was me and I ever skied to the South Pole, I would keep going. So I would cross Antarctica. I said, I'm just wondering why would you go through all that work to just go to the South Pole, turn around and go back to where you came? Why not cross it? And she said, oh, I was going to cross it, but it was $75,000 more for them to pick me up on the other side. <laughs> and I said, why? What sense does that make? What do you mean? Well, for the plane to pick me up, it would be $75,000 more on the other side. How does that make any sense to anybody? What do you right. mean? How could a plane be $75,000 to pick you up on the other side of Antarctica? Why? It's over there. Must be a private jet. <laughs> right. And then here's Aristophanes, Sticks and Shadows. You know, he said, all right, on, on a certain day in Greece, he sees the sun and the reflection in a well. And he said, oh, I have an idea. I'll send my buddy 500 miles away. He'll put a stick straight up and down. I'll put a stick straight up and down. I know that the sun's over me because there's no shadow. And then he can measure the angle 
of his shadow and uh, basically do some perfectly good trigonometry and figure out the sphericity of this ball. And Carl Sagan um, brainwashed us all saying that he told the story and he had his two pillars on a cardboard. He goes, the only way it works is if it's bent. And uh, he says he figured it out within 2% of the actual shape of the earth. Well, here's a flat earth with a, uh, Aristophanes, no shadow. His buddy over here gets a shadow. Small does local the, sun. Does the yeah, small local sun. Does the same math <laughs> and uh he he gets uh he gets the the same he can figure out the sphericity of this table. And the, the thing is, Aristophanes had to assume that the sun rays parallel come in parallel because it's 93 million miles away. If it was, sure they'd come in parallel. But nobody in history has ever seen sun rays come in parallel, ever. Now the Globers will confuse you. They'll go, well, that's because of the curve of the of the atmosphere and it's refracting those rays. That's bullshit. But even if it is, they're still not coming in parallel. Okay? You don't have parallel rays. Why do you assume they're parallel? Whether right. they're refracting or not, it doesn't told, matter. You're told they're parallel. That's why you're told they are. Yeah, you're told they're parallel. No one's ever seen parallel rays come in. So in 230 BC, how is this guy looking up at the sun and saying, I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's, parallel rays and it must be an infinite distance away it's ridiculous because remember back then they were under the assumption too that we were going i'm sorry that the sun was moving around us so if aristophanes thought that how would he think that an infinite distance sun was traveling around the earth that doesn't even jive but it's well, how, how could he today. even set up the experiment because could, they didn't have cell phones so how could the timing they had a have cup been and right string, crow they had string and yeah. oh i see they had dixie cups yes yes and Dave, this is just you- my, this, now this is just my opinion real quick but i, I really feel like the more and more i of from copernicus and on a, any of these people that well, we were taught uh discovered the earth's a globe or but I just there's just they're no balls to those stories. Really feel like that. these are I really feel like these are made up characters. So made, made up Freemasons um, too. So do I. Of this lie, I really C- think Copernicus. Copernicus is a joke. He didn't exist. Well, imagine a lot I mean, of these people didn't. Man, it's to back their theory. They have to tell you that this this guy in history said it just to staple it. You what know? do they say about Copernicus? Galileo <laughs> Galilee? Has there ever been a more stage ready name? <laughs> but but See, Copernicus, he didn't. He, he yeah, Copernicus yeah. gave his book on his deathbed. Can you imagine the greatest work ever written? Man, he, he's going to bring this. He's going to tell us that we go around the sun. He writes this whole book, but he doesn't want to give it up until he's on his deathbed and he says, please put this out. Now put this out for the world to see. It's just what a not really. Yeah, how about story. how about Principia by Fig Newton? You will right. never find a book with the word if said more times. And, and all the way through right. Principia, it's if this, then that. Well, if this, then it's and all guess what day? What, what's his birthday? Do you know? Is it is it 9-11? No, I think his birthday is Christmas. Oh, is it? Which is so, funny because you, then you get into the apple. The apple is kind of like from the, the bitten apple from the tree. You know, there's so much. Uh, looking it up. So going back to we're talking about the moon. Um, the uh, the moon is the most mysterious object. Uh, I, I think it's the biggest mystery of all. But Crow says it's an illusion. I like to say it's we all see it in a position like a reflection. Like if we if Charlie, you and I were fifty yards apart, looking at a giant mirror, and the sun was setting behind us, and I sent Crow up to the mirror and I said, "Draw a circle around the sun right there," and he draws a circle. He's going to walk over to you, and you're going to he's going to draw a circle for your sun fifty yards away from my sun. We're yeah. seeing two different suns because it's a reflection now. This is a cloud-covered sky. Here's the moon. If it was 238,000 miles away, they'd all be lit. All the clouds would be lit evenly. Evenly. Yeah. But this, this, is, this looks like the sun is right above the clouds. 
because the sun that we see from the ground the is right above the clouds. Now, if you go up above the clouds, guess what? The sun's going to go higher and it's going to get smaller too. When you look at the sun from, from space, you know, from a elevated position, it's so ridiculously small. This is the, the go fast rocket. Are you guys familiar with this? It goes up. Now there's questions like, does it have a spin D spin thing? Did it, whatever, whatever it was, whatever stopped it from spinning. You, if you hear the audio on this, it makes a kerplunk noise. It sounds like it goes like into a thicker medium. Don't know. But what I think is like most water. Yeah. But, but watch this. Yeah. It, it hit water it or, or something in between sounds water like and air, you know, sounds I, like I don't a know. Jug of water. I, and I, I think, you know, maybe the dome with its positive charge attracts, you know, things to it. I, I don't know, but here's the moon. Look how tiny it looks. Right. And this moon is over New Zealand. It would not. I mean, if maybe you would see it down near the horizon, but not way up there over New Zealand. And that was in uh, Arizona. OK, how about the whole the moon is reflecting sunlight. Everybody can prove that a sphere doesn't reflect light. They can also prove that a sphere has a hot spot where the light is most intense and that shadowing falls off. The moon doesn't obey any of those things. And that's one of the earliest things that got me going on the moon is we began to realize that it does, the light does not behave as if it's hitting a sphere. Yeah. I mean, you can read by moonlight in the middle of nowhere on a sun, a full moon night. You, you don't, you can drive your car with the lights off and the moon is that bright. It's casting shadows on the ground. We have to believe, you know, if you want to believe in NASA that this dusty, dirty ball is reflecting light 230,000 miles away. And it looks this bright. Every time you double the distance to a light, it's one quarter of the brightness. Okay. But people say, well, it's going through space. It doesn't obey that, you know, <laughs> the nonsense. astronauts would have cooked. <laughs> yeah. It, it would have been tens of millions of lumens. They would, they would have, they would have vaporized. Yep. Um, I think I just saw what you wrote there. I don't know bro. what I the think- fuck the moon is. That's all I'm going to say. About there that. you go. That's, <laughs> that's the best description yet. And we also, but <laughs> you, you wrote that Newton was born January 4th, but I think that's changed. Now, if you go back and look, it was actually oh, wow. December really? 25th because they say that, uh, they were using the wrong calendar or something. Oh, of course, the calendar game. Right, yeah. it's the, cal- the whole 10-day thing, right? So that's why the difference between those two dates is the 10 or 11 days, whatever they added to the calendar. That's another oh. thing, and I, I know we can never prove this or show it, but I just am not a believer that there's any point in history where we went back in time and changed the times. You would never, we would never get to this place and be like, you know what, George Washington was so important, let's make that year zero. And let's say everything before that was BC and everything after that was AD. It's just, it's an absolute absurdity that anybody would ever buy into that. Well, there's no year zero, so there's no year one. (laughs) So when they go to do 9-11, everyone's convinced it's the millennium, but the millennium is in 2001. They celebrated it by knocking down a couple buildings. That's how dim-witted we are. We can't even mark a thousand years on our own. Ricky and Charlie, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but you know, we we all know that that um not NASA's nonsense. This is Elon Musk's. I call it his green silo. This thing is going to take people to Mars one day. Okay, but look at this crappy little thing. Just watch the movie editing. Look at this thing. Does this this thrust? This thing weighs a million pounds or a couple million pounds, right? This thing is floating. Now, there's a combination of <laughs> CGI. of CGI, of helium balloons. Look at this thing. And now there's going to be some. So look at this. Look how high it is. Now, look, we have a side shot, right? Besides the clouds and everything chasing. Now, look how high it is. How can we have a side shot when it's this high? Now, look, now it's not going up anymore. Now it's 
at least 40,000 pounds empty and it like still has fuel down. in it. It's falling out of the sky. This thing should be falling a thousand miles an hour. Look at the smoke coming off. They of don't it. try anymore, David. I know, but look at the smoke coming off of this. This smoke is just wafting off. Now look how high it is all of a sudden. Okay. This was filmed. This is a live footage. This live. is falling out of the sky. Imagine throwing a car off the empire state building. Okay. It would fall a little faster than that. So and you're, then you're saying they, they faked how high it was the same way. Elon. Oh, no, this whole thing is fake. This is fake. Now watch, watch this. The computer, First, man. how did this guy get underneath it and film this? You got three rocket engines here and right like two of them are going to go off and it's going to land. Now watch all the CGI smoke, right? Did they forget the dust off? Look how slow this is going. You can see by the smoke. It's barely they moving. Slow it and down I'm, at the end. Too. Watch, it's like slow -mo. Look at this. Look at what, what did they just pile dirt on the runway? <laughs> it looks like it's something they reversed. Like shot something before and then they, they reversed it. Like There's the nobody like there. This is a bunch of fakery and, and people want to just friggin' believe it. It's unbelievable. Well, Elon <clears throat> Musk did say, you'll know it. You know, it's real because it looks so fake. You <laughs> can tell we'd have better CGI. This is the only proof that China landed on the moon the other day. Oh, I believe I mean, Mars, Mars. I'm sorry, Mars. It's believable. <laughs> and, and, wait, and they're not it, clapping. They don't do this. No, no, no. There they're going to hey, clap. Hey, and wait. Hey, and Sean, hey, I was wow. doubting it. At first, I was doubting it. But then they did something that I that definitely makes it real. On. They hugged. You can't fake hugs. <laughs> okay, they hugged. It, it has oh, this is good. Hey, this is making part two, David. Thank you. <laughs> endangered their lives to hug because that's how. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. even the yeah. scary thing. So think about this whole thing with this grain silo and it's coming down to land. All that Elon Musk is trying to do is launch something five miles in the sky. And then have it come back and land to where it started. And it kept crashing and it kept, there's all these problems with it. Yet we're supposed to believe that 50 years ago, they sent something with people inside of it to 250,000 miles away. And one they time they landed, brought a car and golf clubs. Golf cart. They brought the car Dude out. Buggy, duct, around, tape, duct tape curtain rod machine. Yeah. And then they got back in the same craft and it took off again from a foreign body nobody had ever been to. Went back into orbit, connected and came all the way back to Earth. So anybody who believes that, and right now, Elon Musk can't get something to go five miles in the air and come back and land with no people inside of it. It's laughable. It's laughable. Hey, and what I'm showing you guys now is the only proof that we landed a rover on Mars a couple months ago. Okay. This is the only proof. Now, what did you get? I, I have a couple of friends. I'm uh, nervous now. I might go back, man. I'm nervous. What Kenny, do you got? Kyle, and Cartman <laughs> are laughing at this because it's ridiculous. They said we could do better than this. This is all they have, right? They got a bunch of kids fresh out of space camp with their double masks on. This is the only move. They wheeled screens into school rooms for kids to watch this, mm -hmm. right? And they're like, oh yeah, we watched the lander today. This parachute is working in an atmosphere as thin as 150,000 feet above us. Parachutes don't work at 50,000 feet above us, mm -hmm. okay? And the way they said they did it was um, they had uh, very fast blades on the helicopter. Mm. Okay, very fast blades. This and again, as soon as tense moments, all these people staring at their little screens, and when this thing lands, they all go crazy, high fiving, and everyone is just like, "All right, we did it." This alone should unwind everything. NASA is completely non. This is complete, complete and total nonsense, right? I gotta wait for the high fives because it's fantastic. I mean, you can't fake high fives like this. You really can't. Ready? This guy is my favorite. He's like so intense. Get ready. Camera's in place. And did it land? Yes. 
Come on. High five, Sean. <laughs> we did it. You convinced me. And, Damn it. And here's camera. the thing. If, if they're only looking now. at the people, the, the Globers will go, they know they're not looking at live footage. They're looking at an, 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 an animation. Well, do they have an animation of crashing? They said it was crashed. Right. And then a couple days later, they launched the, the drone that's going to fly in this 1% atmosphere. Okay. This isn't a picture of the drone. This is a drone taking a picture of its shadow on the ground with blades spinning so fast you couldn't see them. But somehow the camera, they have a, a 50,000 shutter speed camera on that, on that four megapixel camera of theirs. Four yeah, it looks, megapixels. Real, real, looks real HD. That's actually high tech because last time I covered this fakery, it was one megapixel. I think and that I, one might be two. So. Yeah, that was on Osiris <laughs> Rex. Hint, hint, hint. Jaron, tell, tell them about the car crash at the end of your street. <laughs> telling him about the NASA thing? Yeah, come on, it's hysterical. Oh, it's pretty funny. There's this lady that got, I saw it on my camera, I heard it, and then I went out. He had, and, a, ho- he had a security camera, and he could see the crash at the end of the street. So I went out there just to check if everything was okay, and one car took off. And then this lady's like, that person just took off. And I said, oh, I've got footage of it. She's like, oh, can you go get the license plate? And I said, no, no, no. I said, my footage is terrible. It's like NASA's. And she's like, just really shocked that I said that. And she's like, what do you mean? It's really good? I'm like, no, it's horrendous. <laughs> and I had this, had this conversation with her why I made the NASA reference. So we're, then we're out there talking about, like, go look at space footage. I said, all that footage is done with two megapixel cameras. And then we got into the how much money they make a year, which is now up to. Meanwhile, her, ca- her car is totaled on the ground. Her groceries are melting. Right. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we're talking. He's flat smacking her. Here, here is a, a picture of the sun and the moon and the lights don't line up. Right. We're told, you know, the, 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 it should be lit right. The center being right here. <laughs> well, what do you, hey, hey, Weiss, what are you going to do if I can produce the other sun with all your little models you got going on? Uh, Crow, I'm agreeing. Right. Listen, Woo. you're, you're, I, I believe that the second sun and the, the real, the real sun and the real moon, I call it, you call it the spirit sun, is on the outside of the firmament and we're seeing their reflections ah, within. So you, did you, you, did you arrive at that just by doing what you do? Yeah. Just that for a long time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and Crow, I you got to check out my 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 simulated eclipse footage. It it'll blow. I I've think seen he, your simulated eclipse. The paper towel. And, and so, yes. so when you say yeah. the moon has nothing to do with the solar eclipse, I, the this moon that we see is a lit moon that's being projected into us. When the moon goes new, there's nothing to project, so there's nothing there. There's nothing crossing in front of the sun. Right, but it gets worse because if I'm right and it's the nodes, Ketu and Rahu, it's almost like there's tra- like there should be nothing yeah. there. It's two right. imaginary orbits crossing, yeah. basically. So what it probably means is there's a track. There's something physically there. Well, there's something. I like the idea of a track or a wheel because, something. you know, the wheels in the sky keep on turning and they repeat every 18 years. Right. When, when, um, when Crow was talking before about the, the, this, the more land, picture this. So if you can see this white outer line, let's say that's the shoreline of what we call Antarctica. Everything inside that is our known world and everything outside of that is frozen, or at least we think it's frozen, out because the sun never gets too far. And so our magnetic center could follow this red line around and our pond would migrate over the course of a great year, which is 25,000 and change years. Let, and I don't think a second sun could be circling the uh, other lands. Well, well, listen I, there, could be, there could be another sun out there, but the way I'm looking at this, this is our earth realm. This is our earth pond and our pond migrates through the ages. It goes right. 15 degrees around per 
21,000. David, you got to hear this. 2,160 years. With that model up there, think about this. So if the orbit of where the sun and moon are going, we'll just call it an orbit, actually go around the whole realm. What if Game of Thrones was making fun of everyone? You know, winter's coming. We don't know. It lasts thousands of years when winter comes. What if those other realms uh, literally froze or regenerated or something from... And Crow, think about this. You know, I know we're all trying to figure out what goes on with the mud floods. I never understood how could a mud flood come and not literally take the force of a flood of mudder that would knock down the buildings. But what if it was just an ice age for thousands of years? You would have a muddy bottom when I, you're I don't done. Except the mud flood. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at it that way. Because if if you know if right here outside of our realm, this is land that's been um, frozen for. Uh, what's 2,160 times 11 years, right? <laughs> a long time. That's a long time. When it finally melts, it's going to be really muddy. And anything that was there is held into place, frozen in time, and it's mud flooded. Except when that would move, the ingress would be so slow that it wouldn't melt in that way, would it? No, it would It would melt. If you, no, if, the ingress, if you go, the ingress if you go, would like, be over centuries. I mean, but look at just mud season. I, I call it mud season. At the end of the winter, when the snow melts up in uh, Vermont and New Hampshire, uh, it's, there's just mud everywhere. It, it's just mud world. Well, so man, now we're just making crap up on the air, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just speculating. I'm just speculating. So is this the moon map, Dave? This is the moon map. Now, I'm, I'm not 100% on the moon map. It's fascinating. Well, just so, just so they know what that is, yeah. that is, what is that, a mirrored image of the moon, the face of the moon, and then um, flipped? Yeah, right? mirrored image, yeah, and it's flipped, and, and the guy actually charted out yeah. what, what all these countries are. There's too many, um, too many co- coincidences or, or the things that line up for me to say this isn't, this isn't real. I need more. I need more time to. to I'm, I'm the same way. It's it's interesting to say the least. I don't agree with any map. I mean, I, I, right. again, I don't know who said it earlier, but I, I just feel like all maps are. Uh, how do you know? You can't even get up high enough to see your own state in one frame. I mean, well, it's like, do we trust cre- the same people that are doing the geography too? Fuck that. No, he's right. creating a map that doesn't exist based on what he sees in the in the face of the moon. So no map is man created in this idea. Right. No, I. That's why I'm looking into. No, I'm agreeing. That's why I'm looking into it. It's it's interesting to say the least. Uh, at the end of the day, none of us can even probably we couldn't verify this moon map. Regardless, it's going to be speculation for here on out. But it's it doesn't mean it's not fucking interesting. The idea of it is verifiable in the ancient idea that the moon is always represented as a reflection on the surface of a lake it's a reflection it's an illusion and since the work i've done already points to the fact that it's an illusion you couldn't put a boot on it if you wanted we're starting to realize that could be true of our very sun that it too is an illusion when the polarity test with the polar polar filters was done on the sun uh they eclipsed it but they couldn't eclipse the sun we don't see now I'm not an exact expert at polarity, but I have looked into it, and that seems to point to the idea that the sun we see is an illusion and the other would be source or the spirit of the sun. Crow, don't we have a solar eclipse coming up, like, tomorrow? Um, I looked. It's not where I... In the northeast. I thought I looked, and it wasn't where I am. Oh. Let me look. So you, you guys... All, I mean, the, I guess the, the fun part about the end of the show is that we realize like not everybody's on the same page on every theory and there's still a lot of 
figure. We all we all agree across the board that the globe doesn't exist. Uh, the spaces are fraud, and history's fraud. Um, other than that, we're all trying to figure this out. Um, right. We're just trying to figure this out, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, and we all have these discussions. And, there might not be a conclusion right. that we need. The problem is, is that we've been hand fed a lie our whole life. So we need this model. It seems like it's like everyone needs like, well, what's your model? It's like there's no, there is no model. It's just a flat right. level plane. How? How interesting does that sound? Well, it can sound interesting, but it's like everyone needs a, a model. And, and until we know the truth that there might be more continents, there might be more land, we, we don't know. So until we can actually verify that, there's going to be no fucking models. That's it. I mean, right. there is none. And, and, we and don't just know. knowing that we're not spinning out of control, lost in space in a godless or distant god universe where an asteroid could take us out, nuclear bombs could take us out, we're running out of water, running out of food, we're running out of dinosaur oh, no. juice for our cars. It's all fear, lack uh, mentality because when you live in that fear mentality, you no longer can use the power of your mind to manifest your world. And Every now they one can of control us here. You. Now they can control you because right. they, if they can get your mind, then you need them. I don't have a government. No one right. governs me. Right. So if you allow them to govern you, then, they, then you reap what you sow. And, and everyone here, everything you have in your life is because of the way you think, period. Do, do you guys believe, so when people are going to say, well, when I look up at the moon and I look at the, the sun, it looks round to me. What, what's the, they're like, well, why would you, I, you, you mean a sphere? You have, people tell you that the sun looks like a sphere? I've never heard that. Well, well, well the, moon, the moon does look like a sphere, but let me ask a question first. Look at the lights in your ceiling right he now. He said round. I was making Ricky. sure he was saying it correctly. Oh, okay. There you go. Ricky, look at the lights in your ceiling right now. Okay. Go ahead. And now, now look at them. Describe the shape of your floor. Looks flat. There's no correlation. There's no correlation. I don't care if you have triangle lights. Your floor is flat. There's no correlation to the shape of the lights in the ceiling. What shape are these moons? Is this, this a is sphere? A good one. This is a good one. Is that a sphere? Well, it's not. How about this one? Before she grabs it, is that a sphere? Two Come of them on, are the spheres. Guess? Where's the guess? Guess. Oh. Um, yes oh. or no? Sphere? Yes. Flat. Flat. How about yes. this one? Flat. Sphere? Flat? I think that one's flat, yeah. Yeah, well, you're wrong. It's not a sphere or a flat. It's a cup, okay? So my point is, I don't care what you think you see in the sky. It doesn't matter because you don't know what you see. Um, here, how about these? Are these tables the same shape and same dimensions? Yeah, uh, um, no. I don't know. I don't. Uh, they, they are. Watch. I'm going to move the paper. Same shape, same dimension. Yeah. See how your your brain, you can be very easily fooled. And then when you're looking up at the sky um, with, you know, we, with moisture in the air, we have uh, possibly a, a translucent dome. Um, you don't really know what direction things are going or what they're doing as I'm extending my sentence while I'm looking for the video that explains this. <laughs> so, here is we got something that may represent the dome and then we believe that there's water above us there's also moisture and so when you add water to this um watch what happens to the arrows so the directions that you see things doesn't mean that they're actually facing in that direction there's all sorts of tricks of the eye so another thing people say when i look forward when I look out an airplane window, I see the curve or some people think they can see it from the ground. It's you see the same distance in all directions. The horizon, the sky meets the horizon. It's the limit of your eyesight. If you had a zoom lens, you could zoom in and make it bigger and see farther, but you can see a certain distance. So with your naked eyes, you can see a certain distance. Then if you um, 
put a guy here, this is the limit of his vision, not the edge of a sphere. And if you put a line across it, um, a Glober will tell you that's the curve of a sphere, but it's not. It's just the limit of your vision. And then your programming tells you that it's a sphere. See, dumb questions lead to smart answers. <laughs> I have no sphere. And here, now, I have no sphere. That's good. Here, here, this, this is a, a clip that I like. Now, who knows? But this is interesting. If this is the sun and we have a smaller moon and we're going to turn the sun on, I'm going to move it 93 million miles away so it's the same size and then we're going to eclipse it with this penny, it's, it's, it doesn't really look like what an eclipse looks like. Okay. You know, it, it's kind of blocking it. I have an issue with the reflection on the table, but there's a, we have another light on this that is the same size as the penny. So this light right there, it's hard to see right here, is the same size as the penny. So we're not going to move it 93 million miles away. We're going to turn it on and we're going to eclipse it. And to me, this looks a lot more like what we see. So whatever is eclipsing the sun is the same size and close. And there you got your corona. Looks very, very similar to a real eclipse, which is... Right, you go. would need you would need a, an infinite light source to get it perfect. I think. Yeah. So interesting. That was yeah. I found well, that interesting again. Well, let's uh for people who want to get more of everybody's work and and go deeper into this. Uh, let's let's take this opportunity to plug everybody's websites, any any uh social media platforms that you guys are on, and any podcasts, any of that stuff, and also your, your documentary level. Um, where they can watch that, like just plug, plug away. Levels on levels okay. on YouTube. Um, my channel, Hibber Productions, Eric Dubay's channel, Flat Earth Millionaire's channel. It's just, it's the Flat Earth Millionaire now. You got Santos Panacci, Dave Murphy, um, ODD TV. So we all have it for free on YouTube. If you if you like swear words and high def, it's a couple bucks on Vimeo and my website, HibberProductions.com. I have uh, the flat earth podcast.com, the flat earth podcast on Instagram, the flat earth podcast podcast. But I created this app, which is the flat earth sun, moon, and zodiac clock app. It's on Android. You need 8.0 operating system or higher, and Apple, um, iPhone, and iPads, iPhone 6 or better. Uh, it has all of your questions answered based on ODD's 21 questions video. All of Sean's films are linked in there. Um, you know, all, all the full length documentaries, short videos, everything you need, every question you have is all linked in there. Just go, it's, it's $2 and 99 cents, one-time fee, go read the reviews. It's the highest rated app in the app store and Google play. Everyone loves it. Um, and it's endless. And I offer, I'm offering a challenge. Anyone that's get, getting pissed at the host of the show saying, you know, how can you guys do this? You didn't ask the tough questions. Come at me with the tough questions. Info at the Flat Earth Podcast. Send me one proof of the globe and you get two Bitcoins. That's around, how much is that, Jaron? 100 grand? Good luck. 70. 70 grand. Maybe it'll be more worth more. Maybe it'll be worth less. Who knows? <laughs> um, and, uh, but before you do it, you'll watch the daily video every day for two weeks and then hit the frequently asked questions before you send me the question that I've already answered in there, in video. And don't just believe the videos. You verify it yourself. Watch the video and go, huh, I never really thought about that. Let me go check it out. And go check it out yourself. There you go. Who wants to and jump for, next? For me, uh, Jaronism.com, the best place. And then Jaronism is the YouTube channel. I'm on Rockfin now, so rockfin.com slash Jaronism. 
and uh, yeah, all over the place. I think that's odyssey.com slash at journalism. You can find me if you look hard enough. YouTube obviously hates us. And so uh, my videos have been up and down and pulled, but they're still still able to be found on the internet. So don't don't fret. All right. For me, everything Crow-centric is now on a privately held server, crow777radio.com. Social media can kiss my butt, um, and I will be walking away from all social media. I've rebuilt the new website. It's been launched. I'm going to have everything there at the own community, live chats, everything. And uh, pretty soon when I start shooting through the scope, now that I'm two or three years from my surgery, um, all that video is going to get posted on my own private server. So that's crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. Awesome. Jackie? And I just have a podcast called Hijacked Reality Podcast. You can find that on Instagram or you can follow me, Jacqueline Rose, on Instagram. I don't have a website yet. I'm real, real new to actually talking about this out loud. So <laughs> you'll get there. You'll get there. Awesome. Well, well, thanks so much, guys, for taking time to entertain some of my dumb questions and, and everything there, else. They're all dumb questions, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my, my final thing is don't let them hijack your mind with cartoons because that's what they do. Well, the Corona one's real, though. The one on the third one down. On third, the right. on the, from the left or from the from the right, third one oh, down. Oh, yes, yes, that that one is real. You got it. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to. Uh, I, I was trying to put myself in the perspective, in the shoes of somebody listening who might not have been sold on the idea yet. Like what they might ask, what are some of the questions they might have. So, uh, I'm, thank you for for answering some of those and kind of go, going through some of those uh, typical questions and and, and answering them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the bigger picture, uh, I'm glad we also hit on that because I think that's a, a very important discussion and, you know, what discovering this does for your whole worldview and, you know, the meaning of it all to me is, is almost more fascinating than anything. So um, I, I think that uh, sometimes we can get caught up in, in just these, you know, this, you, you, you kind of stop here at like, okay, well, is the earth flat or is it round? And then nobody takes that next step. And I think that the next step is, is super fascinating and, and an important, like I said. So, uh, Charlie, you got any final words, my friend? No, it's interesting though. I love this, this topic and, and, and I'm, and I'm appreciative that you guys all came on to, to fill us in. I recognize that this is, you know, some people have feel very strongly one way or the other about it. I'm just interested in figuring out what the hell's going on, man. I'm not trying to get married to one idea or the other. I'm interested in interesting information. You guys, David, you've, you've got the presentation down. Uh, I love it. And and thanks so much for coming on and, and filling us up with all this information. Charlie, Charlie did you see that uh, Jeff Berwick uh, just sent his last video. We talked about flat earth. He's like, screw it. Earth is flat, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so uh, very, that, was, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun. So let him Everyone know that I want to present at Anarchopoco, okay? Jeff? Let him, yeah, I'll let him know. Yep. It'll, be, it'll be great. Charlie, what do you think about the idea? Because what I'm kind of noticing is it's very much a atheist versus theist debate whether we can see that or not the people who are staunchly against flat earth are clearly atheists whether they're formerly religious or not they are now atheists and they believe science is the answer to everything and therefore flat earth is the dumbest thing in the world and anybody who already has some understanding that spirituality is real uh this is a created realm those people are open to the idea they have a lot of questions about it of course 
But that's kind of what I've noticed is that if somebody is against it and very upset that it's being discussed, it's because they've already uh, bought into the idea that this is accidental and Neil deGrasse Tyson can rewind the sky clock and tell us all when it all started. I would have actually thought it would be the opposite. I would have thought that the people that were heavily religious would be uh, more inclined to buy a prepackaged story as opposed to people that are people that sort of break away from religion and discover atheism thinking, well, I don't know. I don't don't know if I believe what I'm being told by the the establishment, meaning established religion. Um, I think that that might not be the case. Uh, I think that maybe religion is a lie. And if that's a lie, what else is a lie? So I would actually have thought it would be the other way around. There's a difference between between spirituality and religion, but it doesn't get easier because I'll, I'll leave everyone with this. Um, gravity is a theory based on a theory, and any theory that's been around for any length of time is a terrible idea because it can't be proved. Mm-hmm. Great. You're going to drop gravity on us at the, the, the end of the show? Fuck, in for a penny, in for a pound, man. You think the globe's <laughs> the hard part. The globe's the easy part. <laughs> what yeah, comes not- next is the difficult part. Yeah, well, where, we, where we really are is difficult to grasp. Think about that for a while. But I, I think that was an important point. A lot of times people have a worldview and then they find the things that defend their worldview, right? So if, uh, Absolutely. You're, if, you're, uh, if you're for science, so it's like, okay, I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm, whatever the science says, that's what I'm, I'm backing. So the round thing, like that's, that's my team. That's a team I'm defending, right? It has nothing to do with actually looking into it or, or actually exploring ideas. So uh, I think we're all, you know, we can all be guilty of it. You know, I just think people who are like us more often than not even question our own beliefs. And then when you get to that destination, it's because the evidence led you there or the information led you there and not because you were just defending a team. I would never, I would never ask somebody for their credentials, right? Which is people ask me, they'll watch my video and be like, where's, where did you graduate college? I'll be like, well, if I did, then I would believe what you do. Then I would be repeating what I learned in college. I didn't go. So this is why I'm telling you another viewpoint. And they're very much, so I would never ask you if you started to tell me something, I'm going to listen to what you've got to say. I'm not gonna say, well, where's your credentials? Because if it's different than what I've heard in the mainstream, I would recognize if you did have credentials, you probably believe the mainstream thought of, of that. It's very rare that you have somebody who speaks out, and when they do, they get shamed. Look at Rupert Sheldrake and these guys who been on my show. He's awesome. Yeah, right. But he's considered a quack in yes, the scientific yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. And so once you see things like Dr. Moto, who did the water experiment, I always talk about the rice experiment. When you see that science can't, they won't even entertain those thoughts because when you say, oh, if you put some love into this rice or some hate, then the rice does this, it reacts. Well, they just say, well, you can't measure love or hate, so therefore it doesn't exist. That's a problem. If people can't see that we've got a huge problem, if science is going around saying, because we can't measure something, it doesn't exist, is insanity. We know love exists. We know hate exists. We know that it can rub off. We know that it can make make rice go moldy or not. I mean, these things, people can test themselves, and yet they still will always back science because of the fear of going against it. That's the scary thing about what Charlie said earlier. The social credit scores, all these things are coming, and this is just a precursor where if you want to be accepted, if you want to get likes on TikTok, if you want to get likes on Instagram, uh, you have to toe the party line. As soon as you start to go against that, you're going to be defunded, demonetized, removed. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to be canceled, possibly. Uh, Any of these sports guys that comes out, look what happened with uh, Steph Curry on some random podcast. He says he doesn't think we went to the moon. Man, that guy had was shamed. He had to go to NASA and spend a whole day there walking around with them. Then he had to create moon shoes and 
and auction them off at the All-Star game, and he had to retract what he said. So what does that tell other people in high positions that if they or in, you know, in any kind of public eye, they can't come out and say things like, we don't think we went to the moon or we think the earth is flat because they will hang your ass and they will make it very clear that if you want to get paid millions of dollars to play basketball, you will not say things like that. You will correct the things that you say that are incorrect and you will say exactly what we want you to say. Happens, you know, Shaq said the same thing, right? Spoke out and said he thought the earth was flat. The next night he was on Jimmy Kimmel having to retract. So it's constantly reminding people that if you want to be something in this world, according to them, you want to make money, you want to be accepted in society, then you better say that um, we should all wear masks. You know, those kind of things that there isn't, they're not making it possible to do the alternative anymore. And what's going to come is eventually, just like right now, oh, you can't fly. I can't go to a Giants game because I refuse to get vaccinated or tested, right? So I can't go to a baseball game with my son. Uh, so eventually it will become that you're given points for these things. And, and only those who follow the mainstream will be allowed to do the fun things. I got to go, guys. Thanks for having me yeah. on. Thanks for uh, coming, John, everybody. I'll, Thanks, I'll Sean. Later. I'll leave the uh, non um, the non knowers of our cosmology with this. Just do do what I did. It took me ten minutes. Just try to find um, try to find video evidence or or photo evidence of uh, satellites in, in outer space. Um, since you guys uh, are told that there's really what hundreds of thousands by now, but I know thousands are up there supposedly. So just find video footage of that, find um, photos of that. And when you come to the conclusion that you can't, I mean, there you can start your journey. All right, guys. God bless. There, Sean. Thanks, guys. See you, Sean. Thanks, Set everybody. you up. It can't be done. <laughs> and the other thing is the space shuttle, which is the most incredible uh, well, there's one. construction of it, uh, you know, construction project ever built in space. Modules were built by different countries and they made different connectors. Like they couldn't connect because they're different companies. So they have a third company make another part that goes in between that will connect it. So this one is from, you know, two different countries. And so someone else had to make this. They never put it together on earth. They flew it into space and assembled it for the first time. And there's not a single photo or video of it being built. What do you say to that? Flower genitals? I mean, poppycock? <laughs> right. And and I was in the solar power business. There's no way these solar panels could do a tenth of what they think, what they say it does. There's no way. <laughs>